It's all too obvious. We're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. American families are talking about a future of food shortages, banks failing, society breaking down, and what seems like the setup for the apocalypse. But instead of throwing up their hands, folks are leaning into self-reliance, investing in emergency food storage now more than ever. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, has made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. You get tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on three-month emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what we all know is coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. And I'm JP. And I'm not Gareth. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you might recognise the dulcet tones there of uh, Graps and Claps own. It's uh, yeah, no no Gareth this week, but we've uh, drafted in his younger, um, better looking replacement, Andy Ogden. Hi Andy. Sorry, Cheers, man. Benno. Checks <laughs> in the post, mate. Um, I'm sure I'll keep the. I'm sure I'll keep the number of likes to a minimum. Um, <laughs> but uh, nah, good. Oh no, it's always uh, always good to have you on. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll miss Gareth. I believe he's down in uh, in London, isn't he? With the uh, the family, he is so in that London. Posting some some stuff today, saying it said something like, "Oh, we're having a great time in London. Just a shame the kids are here." Um, so <laughs> I don't know how that's going for him, but. It looked like they were in some nice places, you know, getting around. They're always saying that, though. They always <laughs> are. And honestly, they'll miss those days soon enough. Mm. Trust me, I've got a couple of fellas here who can give a shit mm. what I do or what I'm up to. So, like, they'll they'll long for the days when, mm. like, their children, like, kind of want their company and the rest of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's not there. Then he's he's back up and we're going to see him on on Saturday, along with what appears to be most of the British Just saying, on the pre-show, yeah, I think the majority of our chat, the majority of everyone we know in, uh, in British wrestling, all uh, all turning up on Manchester on Saturday, apparently. Apparently there's a wrestling show going on, but I think it's mainly for the piss-up, Andy. It probably is, and hopefully they've all bought the tickets through uh, Gigantic. Oh, there you go, yeah, through yeah, the plug yeah, Go yeah, on, yeah. Andy. Those, those 20Ps don't, uh, <laughs> don't is that what it themselves. is, 20P? <laughs> Yeah, um, twenty twenty percent of the booking fee we get. So, uh, oh nice, do it okay. through our link. What's the link? Is it graphsandclaps dot com or something like that? Or Twitter? oh, it's um, the link. The links on my uh, on my Twitter. It's a link tree. So there's also um, there's uh, the Red Pro ticket site. There's also beer52.com forward slash graps. There's um, also a train line if you're making your way down to Manchester. Got it all covered. The whole day. Yeah. <laughs> just all the money. Mm. You to get like a hotels one, maybe, <laughs> and then you get a full set. Get like a travel agent. Nah, I don't know. Don't Lene, Lene, Lene's been in me here already about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, you're on these. Bloody hell. Mm. But like, I will have to say, those beer 52s, you've got me onto that. It's something I look forward to now when they arrive. Are you still oh, subscribed? I'm still subscribed. Mm. I've decided not to cancel it. I did it through the beer, um, through the Graps and Claps link and um, got them through. This mm. month, it was like some nice Croatian beers, like 
went through those. Mm. Really, really nice. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, like a nice little present at the start of the month. You go, oh yeah, yeah that's that's coming, and that's yeah. how it feels at the minute. I'm sure the novelty will wear off soon enough, <laughs> but yeah, for the time being, like, get them in. Bit like our yeah. friends at Russell Case. Yeah. You know, click the link in the uh, yeah. in the show We've description. Mental here, <laughs> haven't we? Within. <laughs> Five minutes? <laughs> this is a record, isn't it? See, Sarah Farrell saying there in the chat, she uh, trusts Andy more than those wrestling uh, travel grifters. <laughs> Remember that when it was like 50 quid for a flight to Germany? Yeah. Maybe like 150 quid for your tickets. Like, I think even that's an exaggeration. And then it was like three grand for the travel package or something like that. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. It was fucking, yeah. They were trying it on. It could work, though. Graps and claps travel packages. Stay, Come stay on. in the same hotels. Yeah, well, well, I know there is a company out there called Ogden's Travel, the actual actual bus with Ogden's Travel. So you don't know. I might, I might have had shares in that, and I just don't know. Coach about trip it. to Germany. Coach trip to Germany. Yeah, Will Cooling first one on the coach as well. Oh yeah, at the back with his own. Last one off it, definitely, mm. <laughs> definitely on there. <laughs> that was yeah, that was like as-, as long as you don't do two hundred percent mark. There you go, yeah. Like like they did, yeah. But no, that was I remember that. That was as COVID was like first kicking off and Will Cooling took a bus through the centre of Europe and got himself to Germany. He made it work though. Uh, you know. He's <laughs> he's a Without trailblazer. He's like went straight, I think, from like the after party. He was like, right, I'm off. Like, see you later. <laughs> I'm I'm off I'm off into Europe. And you're like, fair enough. Uh, That's pretty man. I thought I had a serious time when I had my passport nicked the fuckers <laughs> i won't go into that again. you never get over that it still hurts um but i was gonna, was gonna say what else you've been up to andy i know it's uh, it's been a big uh big time for graps and claps as well and big uh big anniversary and uh and such in the, in the last couple of weeks yeah so we had our 200th episode at the weekend uh which was a double header of future shock a long, long day that one, <laughs> especially when you're, on, when you're on the piss. So mm. you just you just hope that um, like Sean, Chris, and um, Jeff are all competent, and I just yeah, there you go, that's the match. Good. But uh, no, no, it seems like every weekend now, just back into it. I think this past weekend maybe my thirteenth and fourteenth show of the year. Wow, Ay, Christ, I'll be I'll be reaching fifty show year by the end of it, and there's been COVID. I was going to say that's mental. Like yeah. also as well. I mean, you see it with the things that Ben Corey puts out, Brit Wrestleway days, and he puts out yeah. the list of all the shows that are going on, and it's like, oh my god, we're like right back into it now, aren't we? Like, there's loads of shows going on, appear to be like kind of everywhere, and very few of them up on VOD. I might mm. add as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've been as. Uh, I think furthest I've been is uh. Well, have been will have been Cleethorpes, like two and a half hours, and maybe Mark. Markham were an absolute asshole to get to. That's like <laughs> two hours in Midland in in the sticks. But both both good trips. They've all been good trips out more than mm. more, more than anything. And oh, even yeah. the wrestling, there's been good, there's been good bits. There's been fucking terrible bits in in between it, but. No, it's just it's just been good good to get back out and see people. It'd be good to see you two lads again. Oh, definitely, mate, definitely. I was just I was just thinking about Morecambe. I don't remember the last time I went there. I was probably about ten. I imagine it hasn't changed. I imagine it's exactly the same. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not a yeah. family holiday destination for you, JP. Morecambe. <laughs> no, I, I've never been there. I've never been. I've never been to Morecambe. You've done Blackpool. What, what is it like? It's older brother. So, <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. 
less fun, I imagine, but with the same sort of charming pub. I didn't actually mind it. Well, I, I said on the um, on Graps and Claps about the place called the Board the Boardwalk. It was called, and the DJ playing uh, Gary Glitter tunes at half three in the afternoon, and then following it up with Gary Glitter jokes as well. Oh my word! What an absolute dump. But oh my God. apart from that place, the general like like our B and B had a proper seafront for sixty quid. Uh, and the, like the half of the town where the statue is, the um, Eric Morgan statue, mm. was it was excellent. We had a good time after in uh, Johnny's Bar, which was a Britpop tribute. Oh yeah, tribute I saw band. that. Yeah, and that then great. Yeah, no, it, it, tribute band. Yeah, so they're playing all like Pulp, uh, Gareth's favorite Oasis. <laughs> you, you just sort of like guessing which tune will be next. We were excellent. Less said about Potworld, the better. I know Ben Corrigan loves Potworld. There's me and Jeff just looking like Tekka's home now, please. <laughs> but, uh, you get to an age, don't you? Potworld isn't the one. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I had my days in the Chicago. Blackboard, I? Yeah, I remember the Blackpool. <laughs> I'm still scarred from the memory, JP. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, it's, all of it's an experience. Mm. Just, just an experience for that. But um, if we yeah, end up in the pop, good, pop world in Manchester, JP, we know we failed. Yeah, it's gone horribly wrong at some point. Mm. Karaoke, on the other hand, I think I can be convinced into that. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the way forward. There you go. We'll all be a, we'll, we'll all be in a karaoke bar afterwards. Uh, come find us. Screw SummerSlam. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Who gives okay. a shit about it? I was I was looking through that card with my son. Sorry, I don't know if we're going into this, but like, and he. He just went, Christ, that looks awful. Apart from two matches, mm. which he said, like, got it, which was the um, Reigns versus Cena mm. and Lashley versus Goldberg. He's like, Bobby Lashley, is he really big now? I was like, mate, he's great these days. Mm. Apart from that, looking at it going, nah. Apparently no Steve interest. Austin interview was really good. Yeah. I can believe that. He's got a good story to tell, no? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's, all about his, it's all about his military uh, military days and when he met Dolph Ziggler in OVW. When when he was uh, someone called Blaster Lashley. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Was his uh, gimmick. And they went through the old December to uh, dismember bit and he was just like, oh, I yeah, saw hanging his head that. with that. But no, he's, uh, they went through his TNA run, mentioned, uh, what's he called? Is it Dan Lambert? Yeah, mm. yeah. Did they talk about how them. fucking great his his TNA run was? It really was. No, it the, it. It's the template yeah. for this. Mm. It's just the entire template for how he is now is in, is entirely based off that, and it works. And his promo ability appears to have completely changed from what we would have seen when he was wrestling a Marga at WrestleMania and stuff. But he just didn't talk. He couldn't talk, and he had a softly spoken, wasn't it? Hard hitting. Is yeah. What he he like Beaker, <laughs> weren't he? Yeah, he loved it. Really was. <laughs> and then somehow it all changed. I don't know how he's done it, but or was he loving Lambert then? I hope so. Yeah, he, he give um I he's think a- when he first went first sort of went into MMA, he, he mentioned Dan Lambert and said Dan Lambert had all these like wrestling belts and a big wrestling fan. But more his TNA run were bit more based on MVP. When they had like a group with 
Lashley MVP and a top shagger from PCW, Kenny King. Um, <laughs> easily believe that mate is this the Brit Res Gossip episode (laughs) (laughs) don't wait for Carl for that (laughs) but um, there were just more mentioning that thing and our MVP was champion and then got injured Mm. and Lashley ended up with the the belt and MVP did the talking for him so it's very similar to what like the Hurt Business were and you got to say with the Hurt Business you're in the uh, COVID pandemic era, they were one of the highlights of Raw, if you can call highlights on Raw. They were mm-hmm. the, the glue who held it together. Mm. Oh, definitely. They had the, the, the kind of potential that was sure to be squashed. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's yeah. WWE for you. I remember, like, I think I remember Finn Martin writing that line about like the Deadpool in WWE years ago, and it always stuck with me. He's like, yep, this is a group that is, I remember it was a Vampiro Raven in the ICP, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're getting over, they're showing a bit of momentum. This is the type of type of act that is sure to be squashed in no time, and it happened. Yep. <laughs> I think that's there are a lot of parallels to uh, to modern day WWE there. But no, I, I saw bits coming out of the last interview. That was interesting. He was saying about like uh, I think Ricochet and uh, and um, your mate uh, Uha Nation with the uh, Apollo Crews were the, yeah. the first choices to to be in her business. I liked how he talked about. Um, ECW December to remember as well, and he was kind of saying like, "Oh yeah, I uh, I actually had no idea about like dare cheats or like dare cheat journalism or anything. I just didn't know that like that apparently this there was this whole power struggle going on." And I, he was like, "I literally found out about it years and years later that oh, apparently it was a bad thing the show and that like ECW was a whole thing." And he just like poor fella, just you know bodybuilder thrown into wrestling doesn't really understand any of the background mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, amazing. He's yeah. still a, it's still amazing how he's overcome it all though. Mm. Cause you look at him now, he like, and the signs were there at WrestleMania really where like, it was like, you saw that and he went, this is a Bobby Lashley crowd. They like him. They love the presentation and what's not to love because the whole thing screams of credible champion, which is something that they've very rarely managed to kind of get into, but the kind of guy that they want when, you know, they always want him wearing a suit through the airport and stuff like this. Well, he seems to fucking rock that shit. Great. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah. Like you say, with, with the hurt business and everything else about, you know, we'll talk about AEW, which is like stables galore, mm. all kind of mishmashed stuff with all of these interesting little stories, but mm. you know, being disbanded for no real reason and, but still not losing anything in the process. And, I just hope that he's like the match with Goldberg is five minutes, but he wins. As long as it's that, then I'm completely down with that. And I think he can really deliver on it as well. Mm. Yeah. Very similar to the Drew um, the Drew and Goldberg match, which were like five minutes. He just put put the put the new guy over. That's all that's that's all you really need. One thing they didn't mention was the uh storyline with Lana and Rue Seven, all that 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 did not get mentioned because it was shit. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, amazing. Did, did he I talk mean, about his time in Preston? His time in Preston when he came um, His time one? in Preston. Oh, he were against who? Were against Dave Mastiff. I remember it worked being a really good match. And he's a when, when wrestler. He you ever saw him, one though? Yeah, oh. I remember him just having that headband on him, and it just he just looked stupid. I know. I know when they did announce him for. Um, coming to PCW, you could hear crickets going round the Evoke mm. when he were announced. But hey, hey, good on the lad, he's made something out of it. 
one of the rare success stories yeah. in recent years. One of the very, very rare success stories of someone who's come in mm. and is more over them than what they were mm. and is a credible champion. It's like they've built a champion and you're not quite sure how they've done it. Mm. And it seems to be like, obviously, in spite of themselves, that's a kind of obvious thing at this stage. But it's it's kind of incredible when they put effort into people then that's the issue where it's, they just teamed a load of lads up and told them to wear suits. And all of a sudden it was like, yeah, this looks great. Now all of a sudden they look like a real credible lot. It's not fucking rocket science, this booking lark at times, is it? <laughs> well, they make it seem like it is, but what are you going to do? Mm. Uh, um, I was going to ask lads, uh, you know, while, while we're on topic, we were just talking in the uh, in the pre-show about uh, some WWE. Anyone seen the uh, the NXT UK rah-rah video today? <laughs> uh, has it got a good anyone uh, feeling motivated? Feeling ready I, for thought I thought it was good production. I'll give, I'll give them that. The, Encouraging it, people to wrestle at home, though you know the whole don't 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 uh, don't try this at don't home. Don't try it. Being, uh, spoiled it by you know showing showing some school kids doing a bit of a wrestle. Yeah, but it, to be honest, uh, I think the NHC UK BT Sport relationship has has been good, and BT Sport have helped them out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and give, I'd give it to them. The actual production values of that video were very good, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all the arse lickers again. Quote tweeting. <laughs> it should have just ended with like a freeze frame of like the performance center in Enfield, JP, or like the, the Google Maps uh, street view of it, or something like that. That would have been the that would have been the the real uh, ending this thing needed. So it said rate and review underneath it. Now I didn't see this, like, and I've got it on here, and I'm thinking, is this an ad for, advert for like the Premier League? Mm. Or, or something along those lines, or some sort of COVID advert. It seems to be very little that's like sort of wrestling related. It's it looks very good, but it also just looks like complete lies simultaneously, mm. which, is, yeah. which is somewhat of a problem. That's the like, issue with it. It's it's like this looks good. I'd love to watch this. <laughs> like cause it's like it's it's like it's whatever like, that is looks great. Well shot, cinematic kind of. Um, who's the guy who did all you? Sean Ryan reminded me a bit of like Sean, Sean Ryan's type stuff. You know, there's like you know kids on top of like rooftops dreaming about being wrestlers, and then it looks like this cool underground fight club, and it's all like it's all built around like oh yeah, you know these these kids just had dreams, and unfortunately their dreams <laughs> ended at sixteen thousand pounds a year in a warehouse in Enfield. But still, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like if you didn't know any of that, you could uh, you come out of it thinking, oh what. A what an inspirational video I'm going to give this NXT United Kingdom product a try um, on BT Sports every week. Um, no, it, it it does actually give like, like Andy's right. Like, and I saw Will say it on Twitter. It makes you think, oh fuck, maybe maybe uh, BT Sports value NXT UK more than we realise. Maybe that is the reason this thing never seems to go away. Um, I mean, obviously, we WWE right now, the left hand doesn't technically really know what the right hand is doing. So if they turned around tomorrow and shut the entire thing down and we've all uh, heard different things uh, in both ways uh, about that possibility uh, uh, coming up at any point um, going forward, like that would be the perfect irony. But it does give you uh, some pause that they uh, they clearly, uh, at least in some ways, value it. Yeah, de- definitely. They also have um, programs on BT Sport where they have, um, is it Trent Seven and Ginny doing like an half an hour sit down about pay-per-view? So they're always being used. And and it is a way to fill up an hour or two a week on BT Sport in between 
when the, when they're not showing football, it's 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 content for them. And then, mm. I mean, two oh five live. Everyone thought that would have gone after about a year or two. Well, they got no wrestlers um, left now. Got I know they've got no no wrestlers left now, but it's still going. It, 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 it's, it's, it's still going. I mean, that evening when we saw who were it now Enzo Amore in the MEN Arena versus uh, Tyler Bay, that was the same evening AJ won the the belt, and you just sat there like an hour later, like, what the fucking hell's this shit? This is not going to last, and still here. And I, I do feel NXT UK. Obviously, they will get shut of some wrestlers, but. You think that's mm. it's content? It's content. Mm. It's how valuable that content is, isn't it? Is it is it valuable content for Peacock because they can just show them that they're up, they're putting new stuff onto it? You know, it's mentioned about BT Sport and what other kind of partners they have as well, and something for the network for the places where they can still do that. It doesn't mean it's good. It just means it's content for what it is, and mm. this. Like the kind of production values from that video, it looks like a very BT sport thing that they do. Like, mm. you know, before an FA Cup final with, you know, sun's rising and the kids are, you know, running to the car, get head off to fucking Wembley. But it is ultimately, and, and Gary says there in the chat, content for the sake of content. Mm. There's no heart, emotion and everything else, which I haven't seen this video, but it looks like it's going very all, much down that direction. All you need which to is see the is thing- Jeff's tweet where he's taking a picture of the... There's like a lineup of wrestlers at some point in the video and he's compared it with... It's like a line for like the job centre. <laughs> just... Well, from the full mom to isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's going in the show. Just, just picture that, JP, you've got it. <laughs> oh, God. Outstanding. Um, it's hard to know what's happening with 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 NXT UK. It's just such a weird situation. And, you know, we heard various things about kind of whether the furlough scheme applies. I think this is something that's... Hey, you know, I did a journalism today, JP. I, I found out... You did it, do a journalism. It looked Are the- you a journalist? Shall we clarify this one once and for all? <laughs> yeah, journalist in quote, in, in quote, no, not at all. <laughs> not even slightly. Um, the, uh, the, there's no such thing as a British wrestling journalist. I think that is uh, that is something we can all agree on based on the other uh, standard of stuff that, uh, that is out there from the people who do call themselves journalists uh, in this country mm. covering that stuff but anywho uh, but no like i honestly i looked because i was interested in that because i saw like a couple of people tweeting about it saying oh because that is like a, a theory people have had like are the you know have they taken advantage of the furlough theme you know furlough scheme is, is that maybe what explains why you know this thing continues to to limp on but you know there is a there's a dot on the dot.gov website this is all publicly available information jp this is all this is all out there um there's a list of employers who have claimed corona coronavirus job retention through the coronavirus job retention scheme and future shocker on there and icw on there and there's absolutely uh no shame uh whatsoever in, uh, in that but there's a uh, yeah no sign of uh of nxt uk or, or more to the point wwe um uk which is uh mm. which is out there they're listed on a uh, on company house uh haven't updated their accounts though in, in danger of uh being stricken off but i imagine that's just a just a clerical more than anything but i can confirm there is a <laughs> it doesn't look like there's a there's truth to that but it just makes you think otherwise, then yeah. How how is it still there? And is is Nick Khan just not opened that part of his spreadsheet? Is that what it mm. is? As we uh, we talked about last week. Well, but it was meant to be part of a, a larger global plan: NXT Mexico, NXT Japan, 
that's not happened. And, and when you India, think about India, it, India as India, well, yeah, they did that show, but that's not happened. And they seem to release a lot of the talent that they've that they've had there as well. And I expect that to happen, like kind of for a lot of wrestlers they would have had, even on a much more minor scale. Um, we're going to talk about Jamie Hayter turning up at the end of Rampage. Sky Smithson's booked for the ninth anniversary show for Rev Pro. Mm. So the last set of tryouts, people aren't being hired for that, certainly. So it looks like the kind of hiring freeze stories are, are very much like kind of in place as well. So it's it's like what you said earlier on. It's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. It, it, it's these things kind of, have kind of come about and existing for different reasons. So NXT UK exists because they wanted that permanent foothold here. Um, but that's not the policy of Nick Khan. So it does always make you think, well, when he looks at this, is he going to look at the BT deal? Is he going to think, well, that actually we can't do anything. We, we're going to leave this alone. I wonder what he makes of it. Because that BT contract is less than the Sky one, if I remember rightly. They were like pretty desperate to get on get on there at some point. We don't know what's happening with Peacock mm. in the UK, if that's going to end up including it. So there's like a load of things that are really up in the air when it comes to like the the kind of relationship that WWE has in the UK mm. at the moment. They're, we've still not heard anything about touring or live shows or anything else. Um, it, it's very, it, it's just like a very weird state of affairs. And you can't help but feel like there's, there's it doesn't exist if those other places because if they were ever going to do an NXT Mexico mm. it would have happened now because they could have mm. buy CMLL very easily they could buy Arena Mexico if they were adamant that they wanted to do that but they're not mm. and I think that's the kind of thing where it makes you think that the, the, that the policy is changing and that, that will get round to NXT UK at some point mm. that's that's kind of my take on it. Like I just, you know, like it, it just it it just seems like this strange outlier with everything else going on. Like Will has given me some pause today, and as Andy said there, you know, especially with that BT ad, it, you know, there's, you know, they are. I'm Will saying in the chat there, you know, they're they're freelancers, so you know, it's unlikely that they they, they were claiming contractors. Independent contractors is probably yeah the way the way they would prefer it to be put. Unlikely they were claiming on job retention screen, which makes you think, okay, that's not the reason um, it's gone. And yeah, it you know it still continues to float along. And yeah, maybe BT are happy with it, happier with it than, than we think. And yes, there might be you know, and we've heard that that you know there are contracts uh, due to uh, to come due soon. And like maybe that's you know gonna happen, and maybe it gets slimmed down. But I think it probably more than likely limps along and continues at least. In some form, which again I can't personally believe, but uh, it does appear to be the case. And you know, it's funny, like I was saying, Andy, today, like I, I did a bit of a, a dig on, on that to see if there was anything to it, and it did. Uh, did also stumble across uh, some progress financials as well, and uh, caused <laughs> a bit of a shitstorm like this time uh, last year. Um, the profits are down, but hey, still a healthy bit, you know, for all these, you know journalists out there apparently that say Brit Rez is dead all the time you know it's still you know there's uh there's hundreds of thousands of uh of well apparently there's a hundred and f- apparently this, this 
for the year 2020. And bearing in mind now that John Browley is the the sole uh, person running Progress, uh, Glenn and uh, Glenn Robinson and uh, and Jim Smallman have obviously both stepped down since. You know, they they paid that he paid himself dividends of 142 thousand pounds this year. Uh, well, last year in 2020. I mean, that's down from the year before where it was almost double that amount out of 273 thousand, which was eye-watering at the time, even if it was getting split three ways. But tell you what, like, you know, like there's uh, there's more money in that. I mean, I, I think your eyes will water if you're a lower-level Brit risk for most, or even if you're, you know, a Rev Pro or the likes, whose accounts tend to be in, like, the tens of thousands when you when you look yeah. them up on Company House. But, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of pounds to be made, you know, still, if you are progress, I suppose, and, you you know, you've got that, that special relationship with WWE where you'd have to believe the majority of that money comes from still. You, well, you've got to think, so they, they must be weighing them in a, quite a few quid, but if they're the accounts for last year, mm. well, I, I guess a lot of that money will have been wiped out on the accounts uh, for, this year. Mm. For, the, for this year as well. If you if you put it to, like say, like football, for instance, like League One and League Two clubs, like my own club, Rochdale, mm. I think that the accounts for the season before they were uh, making one and a half million, mm. the accounts for this season... Lost one and a half million, so mm. I could I could easily see the same with um, with progress. But mm. hey, the, the, if WWE's keeping her afloat, yeah, fair fair, fair play to Mister Briley coming in. Well, he's got that coming. Mm. He's got his uh, he's got his consultancy there on on the side, JP. That uh, mm. I, think, I think he gets paid yeah. for his NXT UK stuff through again. All this is publicly available information. You know, looks to at least be to the tune of uh, sixty grand a year, probably more. Um, he's not doing anything year. wrong. No, no, he's say not. no, no, no. It's just yeah, interesting I mean, numbers, he's... isn't it? When you consider like what a wrestler would get paid for a show and. You know the state of Brit Res. Even you know Andy's right; these are last year's numbers. These are March last year, but we were still in the fucking you know depth of a pandemic. Like some people, to be honest, mm-hmm. like a couple of people have replied to to me on Twitter, kind of you know know a little bit more about the numbers than me and the likes of Will, kind of saying like the dividends they've taken out this last year. It seems crazy. You know, it looks like you know they're in the red, um, given those dividends. Like and therefore they'll be way down next year like pure speculation to me as a layman and a couple of people people said it reads like you know get the money out now because next year it's not going to be as rosy Mm, but their overall accounts don't look hugely positive once you take you know that amount of money out of the business no yeah well well as well the um i would have said the business for progress apart from that um jim's farewell Mm. um farewell buffet the the like crowds were were uh, going down to not even selling out the uh, the ballroom, and but then again, they will they will save money in the long run. I would say they, they might not run the Ritz, might mm. not do the touring, might just just stick with the ballroom, keep mm. costs uh, to a low level. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be the way. Like, just continue to it's the content era. JP just continues to make content for yeah. uh, for WWE, and that's it. That's good enough. Yeah, I mean, and it says something that actually you can just. You can do kind of okay just doing it in that case, just sort of producing content. It's just very weird because you're waiting to see why aren't they doing shows in front of fans. Well, like, well, hey, with JP, JP, with that, I found out at weekend of, of uh, one of the wrestlers. I thought, oh, I'll ask how old are them progress shows? Two months old. They they, they do uh, four shows in a, like a weekend and them are already two months old, what they're, what they're showing on the network now. 
So have we got like another two months? Or I should say, have you two got another two months of, of watching these shows in order to catch up to present day? Because <laughs> I won't be watching them. I'd be very you are much one of the names that, that appears on the app, you know, Andy, you are. You're, not, you're usually in the mix with me, Hammy. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe like one other person. Normally. I've, I've got to say, even my viewing of it's gone down over the last couple of weeks. I've been picking and choosing matches, which I want to see, but... It's generally the ones involving the young guns seeing how they're doing. But, but yeah. Well, if you think of it like New Japan are kind of notoriously late to these kind of things, like running live shows, like leaving it to the last minute to let people know, because that's the kind of fashion and the booking stuff. They like to kind of finish that show beforehand. They're running in front of fans. Mm. Even New Japan strong is. So it feels like any empty arena wrestling is just going to fall entirely to the wayside. Mm. Like, it, it, why is it like, Surely that's not good content. It's not content that's going to kind of create something. They'd almost be better going down the route they did with Charles Crowley interviewing Doug Williams and doing like loads of those kind of like interview slash puff piece videos and have that as content rather than this. Mm. Nope, definitely. Like that's the, to me, like I, I, it feels like, you know, when Smallman left, when you know, they kept the business going. Then obviously the stuff with Glenn happened and he disappeared under very you know, a very dark cloud last year and managed to, to do a runner, allegedly mm. without any kind of payoff or, or, or whatnot, kind of leaving Briley in sole charge. It's like the, the question we all had was, well, why? <laughs> it's like this thing is clearly dead in the water. Like it's a dead brand. Like even, you know, you see it on the network and it's progress chapter, whatever. And it's like, you know, don't throw monkeys at, wrenches or like i don't know but like, see I'm, I'm even worse than them i'm coming up with names but you know what i mean it's like don't piss into the wind chapter 44 it's like 44 <laughs> and it's just like awful and embarrassing and you're just like why does this chapter 120 winners don't do drugs <laughs> yeah just yeah like, yeah. like but why 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 does this continue to exist and it kind of tells you that like well part of the reason is probably you know the, the last person in charge of it is going to keep running it until they're not making mega profits like that and probably, you know, to an extent, WWE must see it as, like, being worthwhile on that network. Like, I've, you know, certainly heard things about the, you know, the NXT UK numbers on the network slash Peacock being low, but progress being, like one person said to me, stronger than you would um, think on the network because progress has, like, a, you know, despite what we think of whatever that product is they're putting out at the minute, it's got brand equity. It's got, you know, a bit of credibility, especially with, like, people, you know, American fans and people who aren't following this stuff within our bubble, I suppose. Yeah, it's got, it's, it's just that name in it, but mm. I, I, I was chatting with um, Mr. Flutter at the weekend, like, talking about it, and even he said, like, progress used to be that place, which was the pinnacle where you mm. go as a, a like a, a British wrestler, if you're going from the underground scene, like, progress was, like, the next level up, and even Steve said, it's nowhere near that now. Absolutely. Is he not making hundred k a year? No. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know where where Flooder were going. And he said, oh, "I'm making loads, of, making all this money from these uh, TV deals I've got here, there, and everywhere." And oh, I am. I'm doing all right. That's why I can go on holiday to Spain. <laughs> exactly. Ford the fucking PCR test at the airport. That's oh. on a few hundred quid. I'd love to see that. He's wiping his ass with tenors at the minute, isn't he, that bloke? <laughs> it'll be like creditors, stocks, and then it'll be like Magaluf Fund minus 10 grand. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, meanwhile, the lads are working for 50 quid. Oh, well. Brit Res, never going to change. 
What in the company in, in the company accounts? It just has like lads holiday. Yeah, just written on <laughs> lads, like, lads, lads written in pen. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Will Osprey promo. Oh, it does. It does. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, hey, it's always sunny in Enfield. JP it continues to be great over there. You know, uh, mate. It's not always sunny in Enfield. I can tell you that from bitter fucking experience. <laughs> it pisses it down a lot. I thought you were just going to go off the reviews, mate. I had a quick look on Google Maps, and apparently it's doing a star and a half. No one, no wonder the uh, the NXT UK, UK lads are getting spicy. What's the trampoline place got out of curiosity? <laughs> I'd imagine a four or five, you know. But why, why, why would you mark down a trampoline place? Well, quality trampolines. That's why jumping trampolines. <laughs> that's certainly where I'll go to for my trampolining needs if I need them on a like kind of serious level rather than one I could buy from Argos. Mm. But um, but yeah, there's a Halfords there. <laughs> the police are monitoring the estate, as we made clear from Google Earth as well. <laughs> it's, it's but one and a half stars, I imagine some of the reviews, and and again. I'm not saying go to Google Maps, search for WWE Performance Center and, and put in your ratings. Like I'm WH Park might have this last week, maybe. Oh, what did he put in this time? <laughs> Nothing good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Go go and have a go and have a look. Go go and have a street view as well. <laughs> and then if you want to cross the road, you can look at some very bleak estates mm. filled with some bleak people if it's anything like nineteen ninety nine. Mm. So yeah, there you go. And as Chris said, you know, balance that negativity. Throw some positive reviews in for the trampoline place as well. There you go. Do uh, do, do some- Oh, I agree. <laughs> if you're there, give jumping tramp- trampolines like a, a bit of business. I almost feel we should title the show after jumping trampolines at this stage. <laughs> I'm, I'll happily plug them, even though they're completely unaware of any of this going on. We'll go one day, JP. We'll go. We'll. Uh, we'll oh, the- mate, we're going. <laughs> we'll get yeah. the good picture there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was going to say, but before we move on, then obviously, yeah, we uh, did talk a little bit about uh, Brit Res in the in the pre-show as well. Obviously, our our patrons uh, get that. The audio version of that is now available for uh, for all patrons on uh, on all feeds. So uh, do check that out if you if you haven't already. But there's uh, yeah, before we get into the uh, the meat of uh, what we're going to talk about today, JP, there's uh, plenty plenty more going on uh, on Patreon this week. Oh, there is. We're going to be reviewing TNA's first proper, like, Sunday pay-per-view, Victory Road 2004. Um, I've started watching it. It's wacky as fuck, mm-hmm. and I'm only two matches in. So, um, yeah, going at it, we're going to have that up on there this week. Hopefully, some extra content from the weekend as well, if we get lucky. I've got a Zoom mic with me from work, Benno, so mm-hmm. I think we might be able to do something with that as well. That'll be very, very good. Obviously, you have our, our weekend shows and previews. We've got quite a back catalogue now of stuff to go back and have a listen to. If you haven't listened to Terry Funk in ECW, uh, you can have a listen to those daily updates. I mean, it does sort of come across as me going mental, like first thing in the morning. Um, one thing I will be adding on is dark and dark elevation results, because frankly, oh. I need cheering up. Because after I read the raw results, I'm very, very, very depressed. Whereas dark elevation, I'll go, oh, that's all dark. So I'll go, oh, look, Lee Moriarty's on. That seems a bit more interesting than anything of that three hours of shite that is on uh, on Raw. So, yeah, patreon.com forward slash grapple. 
There you go, and yeah, as JP said, there at our TNA uh, Victory Road uh, review is uh, we were supposed to be out to the weekend, couple of days delay, but it'll be worth the uh, the wait. Everyone, uh, obviously, with a uh, with Grapple Gareth away, we had to we had to draft in the big guns, and we got the uh, the great Eddie Sarbans. Um, oh yes, proper proper TNA historian uh, is our Eddie. He'll be able to uh, get you, you and him, JP. I might just sit back on that one, have a couple of drinks, and just let you two go. Uh, and ch- chat like you uh, you did with uh, with Tia Data back at Christmas for the uh, for the round table for the round table yeah god yeah I think it will be a lot of that there's a lot of TNA originals in this one you've got to remember O4's interesting particularly if you watch the first sort of X Division Gauntlet match cup mm. and you're like oh my god there's Michael Shane there's a name I haven't thought about in any context for the last near ten years <laughs> um, you know here's Hector Garza. And then you can end up reading about him and, and what happened there. It's very, 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 very wacky. Sharp boy bars. before he became. Oh, yeah. Loads and loads of sidebars. Eric Watts is on the show, mate. I think we could do a good hour on, <laughs> on Eric Watts' TNA run in and of itself. I, I just knew you'd Not be an Eric Watts guy. with Terry Funk's ECW run. Very, very different run. <laughs> uh, internet hate figure Eric Watts before uh, people even knew there was an IWC back then, um, yeah, he's uh, he's always a uh, cool for a, a conversation. I was just gonna say, um, Steve in the chat has mentioned uh, jumping trampoline parts on Google Maps, four point three stars uh, in Enfield. Oh, so, doing better, and I bet yeah, none of those fuckers who work in jumping trampolines are marks on sixteen grand a year given out. So you know, I'm sure. <laughs> I reckon even even the girl on reception there is a uh, is making more than that. So yeah, good for Man them. To jump the trampoline. There's a great business in uh, in Enfield for you to uh, to spend your money up but moving on um, yeah we should uh, talk uh, you mentioned there uh, AW uh, JP and, uh, and AW Dark uh, and it's not often get to hear you on a, on a podcast talking uh, matters uh, AW and yeah we've uh, we've drafted you in today and we're going to have a, a chat about it I think I think the obvious place to start usually we'd be, we'd be talking about Dynamite on this show but I think we'll talk about Dynamite but obviously Rampage is the, uh, the big story and yeah you know we talked uh, on the weekend show JP on Friday about Dynamite mm. and you know the fact that they just missed out on a million viewers and we looked at whether you know what's rampage going to do realistically 10 o'clock on a friday night is it going to do particularly strong didn't feel yeah. like a big to me i mean maybe this is just my taste because the main event spoiler going in was not to my taste but like i i didn't feel particularly hyped about it kind of felt like all eyes were on week two definitely questioned uh, how well this week one was going to do but did 550 uh viewers and I'll tell you what it was a, a hell of a show to boot as well yeah, I thought this was a great hour of TV. Mm. I thought the number was 740,000, wasn't it? The f- much higher up from 550? Yeah, 740. Yeah, is that what it said? Yeah, seven? for Rampage, yeah. Yeah, I no. I said 550. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, in the region of 750. But that's an incredible... We were saying 500,000 because that's mm. what the Dynamites had gotten before, but that's a great rating. Mm. They'll be buzzing about that. Mm. And a very high demo, 0.3, which mm. is given the competition. Friday night's not a telly night. The thing that leads in there, which is something else I watch, which is real time with Bill Maher. He can <laughs> be a on. fucking contrarian. That's still on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's still on. He's still the same. I used to listen you know, to the audio version. They used to put out like the audio of the show as a podcast. Oh, yeah. That was actually quite good. It was good work listening to one of the first podcasts I listened to. I can't believe it's still going, though. Oh, there's a man who's been left in the past. I kind of like it. The problem is for him, he falls down the rabbit hole of getting annoyed about a load of st- woke stuff. Mm. which is a wonderful distraction from not actually talking about real issues at times. So he gets caught down that rabbit hole, but I'm still the kind of person who kind of, 
I like the idea of the show existing. But anyway, it's an old person show. It's been around for like 20 odd years. Mm. And like they're doing good demo numbers. So TNT are going to be through the fucking roof. <laughs> what that says the rating could be next week, because if in all seriousness, if they're able to do like a million at 10 p.m. on a Friday night, like TNT are going to be doing fucking cartwheels. Now, I'm not saying they are going to do it, but you imagine like the kind of buzz for that and the stuff that they can build up as well, which they haven't been pushing as much as I thought it was. But this overall, as like an hour of TV, and I want to stress the hour thing, (laughs) it was the easiest watch. Like I thought it was moved at a fair lick. First two matches, very, very different. Really enjoyed both of them as well. It was kind of eventful. It all happened out in the ring. I think it had more wrestling on it than SmackDown, which is twice the length, which tells you a big part of the issue. They're not afraid to put on like professional wrestling. And it doesn't, and it'll be interesting to see what the quarter hour numbers are because Mm. if it follows the usual trend of not losing any viewers along the way, like it's a, that's a hell of a number. Like they're going to be really buzzing about it. And for good fucking reason, my only fear is that TNT will look at these ratings and go, let's put on another hour. Mm. And I think at that point, while they've got a big enough roster to fill that hour, maybe the reason that this will work is because it is an hour. Mm. Like, that's that's the reason why. And you don't want them to lose that. Like, as just a piece of high-impact telly. It had flaws. Don't get me wrong. I agree with the main event and the fucking commentary team as well, which was a mm. shambles, frankly. Um like the first two matches created such goodwill in me and I enjoyed it that I was like happy the whole way through. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it reminded me, Andy, of like it being like 1996 and those Cartoon Network numbers are jumping around and I'm ready for Nitro to start at nine o'clock on a Friday. Like, you know, an an hour wrestling TV show. Like, you know, that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, Nitro back in the day or even, I know we got like an edited version, didn't we? Uh, By like the end, the Americans were getting two hours, but we were still getting an hour. I've got, I've just got a real proper place in my heart for a proper solid one hour wrestling TV show. And this, this had all those vibes for me. And yeah, totally agree with everything JP said. I thought this was a, a breeze to watch. And I stayed up till three in the morning. Don't know about you, Andy. Well, well, myself, I woke up about six o'clock on a Saturday morning. I, I do similar with Dynamite as well, so I wake up about half five, six o'clock, just so I can fit it in before work. And mm. bloody hell, I've not felt like it with a wrestling company in ages, where mm. it's just like I've got to get up and watch it. And I don't, I don't, I don't want it all spoiled for me later on. Mm. But no, nah, this was. Um, an excellent hour's telly, but I know very similar to the old days of NXT when that was yeah. like an hour and some more bodies. Such, yeah, such such a such a breeze to watch. I mean, Christian Cage, and, sorry, or NXT UK, you know, or NXT UK, for instance. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, I thought fifteen minutes goes Cage. on poses to the fucking hard cam for that show. <laughs> I, I would say I fought with uh, Cajun Omega. I was I was sort of like shitting it a bit from Dynamite. Like, oh god, we're going to have two two of these. Christian's all right. He's three stars, three and a half stars at best. But my god, I actually knew the result of this one because I'd looked at my phone about four in the morning. Like, oh, Christian won. But when I was watching it, mm. um, when I got up, I, I was out of my seat. Like really enjoying it as a match I, I went i think four stars on on grapple wow. loved it absolutely loved it um chris they both took it up to a next level and uh 
Yeah, it's just waiting to see what happens at the uh, actual pay-per-view, if they can actually keep it up like this. The the, the crowd added something as well. Oh, totally. I thought mm, yeah. crowds always had like half a star for me, but now nah, they were well into it. Shame like the main event quite a bit for me. Yeah, shame um, about the commentary, like JP said, Chris Jericho. He's fucking slow in the ring, but he never fucking shuts up on commentary. Fuck oh. me. He took, he took his Glenn Joseph uh, tablet, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd ever wish for the days of Glenn Joseph, but yeah, Jericho comes close. Yeah, he's um, it's one of them, isn't it? The problem with Jericho in AEW is no one's going to ever tell him he's doing a bad job. And you see how he reacts no. to, to criticism on Twitter. You know, he'll, you know, he's given out about like how, yeah, well, anybody really get saying that he, he was too shouty or too loud. Like, like I said, I was watching it at three in the morning and it was deafening. The problem was there was three of them doing the same job in the booth. Mm-hmm. Him, yeah. Taz, Mark Henry, all trying to jump in and Jericho just doesn't know when to leave well alone and he'll just dive in just to say anything or he'll dive in to say the same thing somebody else said just at 10 times the volume like yeah that i don't think he's made to be a commentator really maybe there are times where he calms down and he's not too bad but like it just felt like he was fighting for air you know for every bit of this yeah. broadcast it, it, works, it works better with jim ross for me when he's mm. when he's been on with jr they, they sort of work well as a as a mm. tandem but it should be taz excalibur who worked brilliantly together and just have mark henry chiming in and use him. Well, they are using him sort of as the um, interviewer, like they do with Shivani. Yeah, they don't. So. They don't allow. So the problem is they all speak in sound bites. Mm. So no one's actually having a conversation with each other. Now the stuff that people go on about for like dark and dark elevation and the commentary that works is generally there's the two of them, whether it's Skelibur and Taz or Shivani and Paul White, and they're like together, and that works because they're having kind of a conversation. So it feels like it feels quite nice. And sometimes AEW gets to that point, particularly between Shivani and Ross. You can tell in particular, they've kind of, they do get that kind of dynamic of being able to have a conversation with each other. But here it was like, they're all shouting over each other. Mm. So you're not really getting any kind of analysis. Mm. It's like what ITV used to do during the football because of the ad breaks in between. They just came back and showed controversial incidents, but they never analyzed the things. Whereas like, the whole point of having like a Chris Jericho there surely is because he's a really experienced wrestler and he can give an insight into what's going on. Well, you're not getting any of that. No, you're not getting any of that as you get on dark. Mm. You're not getting like, I mean, Mark Henry's a weird choice anyway. Mm. And I fear this is like a preamble for him coming. With no experience. Here. Like they didn't even give him reps on well, dark and dark elevation before this. Like he must have an eye for talent. Like, fucking mid-90s Arsene Wenger like if that's the main reason they've got him in there is it's for his talent spotting he must be able to like pick up on everyone because it's not for the fucking commentary Mm. now his backstage stuff like as with all of these things it'll take time and you could see him kind of doing it but it's a weird use of him 
No, it is. It is. It's it's odd, and it, I wouldn't mind if like he was getting reps on Dark or Dark Elevation, like I say, or he was coming in the weeks Jericho can't make it, you know, to give him you know some time and experience. I think I'd like to hope like Tony Khan's smart enough to watch this broadcast or listen to it from the back, and even if he is a bit of a shit house and he's never going to tell Jericho his shit doesn't stink, he's going to recognize and adjust and make changes, which is what you know AEW always do because it did feel apart. It felt like you know what it felt like. It felt listening to a bad podcast. I felt like listening to it, you know, when you get like podcasts where like it's not a natural us. conversation. Yeah, yeah, like us, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'll benefit, you know. I'll I'll big up big us up, you know. Us and the other podcasts are like usually are like real conversations, aren't they? Where it's like a you know, a back and forth and it's a more of a natural momentum. And this just felt like you said, JP, sound bites. It felt like those podcasts you listen to where people have got a load of things written down and they're just shoehorning them in you know, to, to say them mm. and then they're fighting over each other because they've got something written down and they really, really just have to say it. That's what it was like. And the host, Excalibur, just got like knocked into the background and, and basically took a yeah. back seat because of that. And he's not maybe strong enough or senior enough feeling to, to put the rest of the lads in place. Like that's a, exactly what it felt like. But no, don't get me wrong. It didn't kill the show for me in any way. You know, like, like Andy said no. there, you know, that main event, um, Christian and Kenny Omega is a match designed for me to hate it. Um, you know, I, I am absolutely, and I will. It's not that it, I'll, I'll confess. Last week was not the uh, the week for me to uh, to go on about how Christian takes up too much time on uh, on AEW TV, and I'd bin him off for Pete Dunne or, or whatever it was I exactly said. <laughs> but you know, based on this week, yes. You know, Christian does have a, a next level and he can offer you a very good TV main event with Kenny Omega. I have doubts as to whether, because I've heard people say, well, you know, on pay-per-view, they'll go another 20 minutes and it'll be even better. I don't think that'll make that match yeah. better. I think what was good about that match was it was a TV main event for an Impact title in front of a rabid crowd. I still don't like it as a pay-per-view main event. Um, I guess we'll see, you know, as, you know, the re- everything mm. else going on in a an AW when it gets to that. So I'm not going to quite crow on that part of it yet but i will you know accept it yet it was a very good match i went 3.75 stars on it maybe I've, i am i've got like a an upper ceiling on, on um, what i'll give a christian match but you know as far as like you know and the front load in the show as well like that is analysis i've heard mm-hmm. that you know the ratings uh, trends when it comes to i think voices of wrestling were talking about it and brandon howard was talking about it, the ratings trends on the friday night dynamites where they started high and went down low that explains why they put this thing first, but it was a great way to start things off, and it was a great way, big twist. You know, I don't think many people were expecting Christian to win. Don't think Christian was hugely expecting to win. He was no. looking at that TNA belt like, for fuck's sake, this again. <laughs> but you know, I know he was the NWA champion before. Shut up, Eddie. I but you know what I mean. <laughs> what was that? I predicted it. Oh, oh yeah, true, true. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. You did. You thought it was coming. There you go. JP was right, Folder. Well, I still thought it was coming well, though. I- well, it, it kind of was. Mm. Um, the way they did it, I thought was very good. It's very funny. This match, I was prepared for not to like it, and the match from tri- Triple Mania or Triple Mania, I should say. I was all, pre- I was like thinking, well, that'll be the great match, and they're like the inverse of each other. Mm. Whereas this, and I agreed, I went three point seven five. I thought this is just like a cracking fifteen minute TV match, mm. like with a hot crowd that built really well that had loads of a couple of great 2.99 kickouts and like Kenny was in there with someone who was wanting to put a shift in as well and like really wanting to work hard probably to prove the likes of us right uh wrong and you know what he did for that week 
However, I share all the same concerns about yeah, the All-Out Main again. event. Because I think it, it telegraphs it. Yeah. It telegraphs the fact, well, he's not going to be winning it. Mm. And he'll be off in impact and doing other stuff in the meantime so they can slow burn that. Now, I don't... That kind of stuff, him going off to impact and doing that, I'm much less bothered by. Mm. Like, I really am. Because they themselves are, are just, like, they're a television product as well at the same time. So him being over there is it's fine for what it is. And maybe the Kenny Omega stuff have got there and maybe be easy to get the title off him. Maybe he'll, he'll lose to a Josh Alexander and it'll work out quite nicely for this because obviously there's been a bit of power play stuff that's been going on with Kenny Omega and how he's booked for it. But for this match, I thought it was like this. And I'm talking about like the next match as well, being perfect for what it was. I thought this was absolutely great and Mm. completely sucked me in. And he turned the crowd Fair play to him. Like Christian turned the crowd. Mm. Like, because that was, you know, that easily uh, could didn't have look good gone on Dynamite, did it? CM Punk no. chance and no. yeah, it didn't feel like people were I worried about it. Mm. They went they were very early on into the AEW. They had their working boots on as well. Mm. And it's and it's 15 minutes of like kind of like really fun mm. stuff. And the finish as well, yeah. I know it's it's kind of screwy and the rest of it, but it was just done so well. Yeah, it was the time where you want to do that. You want to protect Kenny, don't you? Like longer term, mm. and you want is you know I don't love the Kenny Omega bullshit, but I suppose the Kenny Omega bullshit needs to pay off at some point, and this was the payoff, you know that it that it that it went against them. So I don't hate it, in, you know, in this scenario, I think it's fair enough. Um, again, do I want to see fifteen minute Christian matches on Dynamite every week? Still no, but again, I'll take my loss. This is not the <laughs> the week for that for that <laughs> argument. But yeah, we got we got that, and then you mentioned there, JP. I thought the uh, you know, the match that followed it, as far as like perfect wrestling matches go, uh, Fuego del Sol and uh, and Miro. Fuck me, is Miro great in AEW? Like what a fucking turnaround since since uh, since Gamer Boy Miro, like. Like, we say it all the time, how good his promos are, you know, how well he carries himself. But this was just like, you know, what was it, like two minutes or something? Like, I don't even know how long this yeah, thing yeah. went. It was it was not a long watch whatsoever. But I'd be te- like, I won't. Um, we can get into the reasons why, you know, this might be why star ratings are a little bit flawed. But, you know, you could genuinely give this five stars and I wouldn't argue that far with you. Like, for what it was trying to achieve as far as, you know, get Fuego over as an underdog, to get Miro over as a killer, to sell that story about the, uh, you know, the Tornado DDT being a, a Miro weakness and really to, to do a match like it felt a little bit like a like a Brock Lesnar match you know a spammy match where it was spam big moves you know in a, in a short amount of time kind of match maybe they took a bit of influence there I thought this was laid out perfectly and yeah couldn't have gone any better don't know your thoughts Andy yeah no I, I thought it was funny they, when they mentioned about the tornado DDT being um, fucking Miro's kryptonite weren't it he got hit with this last week and he did the effects hurt him, mm. and then he gets it three times, three times with the same maneuver. I thought it was a really, really good story. Um, Fuego del Sol, I've not seen much of him on there. Uh, obviously, he's been stuck with AEW Dark and mm. Dark Elevation, but I've seen online like oh, he's he's like really popular with uh, the internet crowd. Um, well, well, their internet show crowd. But um, I, I went two and a half on it. Miro just looked like a a monster in the end and it's just going to be interesting to see where 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 they go with him because they have been giving him some of the the lighter guys like mm-hmm. Lee Johnson and Fuego del Sol so 
Yeah, they've got plenty of people to go for that title who's not in the uh, like the world mm. title picture. So mm. it's, it should, should be should be should be very interesting. But I, I am liking how they're um, portraying Miro at the moment as a big unstoppable monster. I like I like big fuckers who beat up people. <laughs> it's my, it's my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of wrestling is that. Yeah, like it really is. It's big fucker beating up someone. It's a bully. Yeah, uh, I thought this was. A, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I went three stars, but it's with that proviso of this is a squash match. It should mm. like three stars shouldn't be there. A lot it's like of the movie thing in a JP needs its own. Yeah. like horror movies need their own scale. Exactly, and this was one that just did it absolutely perfect because it told a complete story in two minutes, which tells you that. And you mentioned about it not being like a the the kind of video game, Amiro. Mm. This was like a video game. It was like you yes, found the weakness on a boss villain, you'd hit it, and then you try to do it again, and then you get caught and you're basically killed. And that's what it was, and it worked. And the way Miro stumbles around as well, which I was kind of like, he does that perfectly, that kind of wool like kind of wounded giant thing where like, like kind Brock. of stumbling around. Like Brock, nice Brock. Mm. is what this is reasonable brock <laughs> who understands how to do business rather than like brock who's like in it for himself i'm not saying he's wrong but you know that's that, that's what he does but here it, yeah it, it was absolutely perfect i mean the fuego del sol do they need him no mm. but at the same time it was a lovely story mm. it got the reaction that you wanted from the crowd um i was i kind of bought it and i thought it was like a kind of nice bit it's, of tv it's a way of like you know i i would have if it was me i probably would have done it like in the fight ad break or something but i understand why mm. they did it on tv because to be honest like it baby faces the company and you know yeah one of the big problems wwe has got in their war on fans over the last 20 years is wwe the heels like and you know aw should do things like this to make themselves mm. baby faces and yes not everyone's following the fuego story some people might have been looking like going who the fuck is this fucker because they don't watch sammy's vlog but for the people who do and even if you don't like you said jp it's just nice wasn't it and it's nice, it's nice to see a company TV. be the good guys for once yeah it was like, you know, the ending of Surprise, Surprise mm. or something like that, mm. you know, where it's all of a sudden you've met your long lost brother who's from Australia when Sammy comes out and gives him a big hug. Mm. But like, it, it's a very, like, it, that's just sort of good TV. And like you say, baby faces the company. It, and it was also like recognition of how fucking good he was in this match mm. for what it was. Like, just if you, you know, speak about people getting their shit in. He got it in, and he didn't fuck about. He didn't overstay its welcome, and it, that's why. If he's going to be doing squashes, I'm absolutely fine with that. Mm. When it comes to Miro, I want to see them thinking about doing some sort of title for title. Like mm. I think that's that's the, that's that's a direction I would really think about going in. Mm. We he he's kind of the dominant TNT champion. I see no reason to take that belt off him. He's getting the same kind of like crowd reactions as well. That like he keeps on doing in wwe so even when he came out with a tank people were loving that about mm. him and the and stuff with lana because he is fucking good and then you see how fi did well the rusev day so almost inspired himself except this time he's got a company behind him mm. and a company that really really believes in it and he's fucking delivering love him love him um, but yeah, that was that was a great segment, and yeah, beauty of a one-hour show. <laughs> third match, and we're over. And the third match was the main event, and 
you know, I think part of the reason this crowd was amazing this night was, you know, AW le- leaned into the Brits, uh, the Britsburg stuff, you know, didn't uh, didn't job around a hometown or make her look like a loser, actively encouraged the spinny towel thing they were all doing, you know, doing just doing little things to make uh, you know that live crowd have, have a good time and uh, and invest in a wrestler. What a what a crazy concept! It's almost like she comes across as a bigger star on TV because she's coming across as a big star in her hometown. I feel like uh, Bruce Pritchard uh, should should watch this and uh, and take note. Uh, as far as the match goes, I didn't think there was much going on. I think the dirty secret yeah. breaker is she's actually not a very good wrestler. Um, I don't know if that's a broken wrist take, as but, well, though. Yeah, but she's still she's not. I mean, the Thunder Rosa match I think was a it's true was a mirage. I, I think she's got a long way to go still, Brit. Um, but she's got star presence. Ralph Velvet's you know pretty good, um, and you know did a did a decent uh, serviceable shift in this one. And for me, it was more about yeah you know the the homecoming for Brit, you know the angle afterwards. Uh, obviously with uh, Chris Statlander coming in, which was felt a little bit rushed and weird considering Brit was the de facto baby face for Chris Statlander to come in there and kind of get booed slash you know treated like a a bit of a nobody and a bit of a it was a confusing segment really until jamie hater turned up and yes there were a, a lot of people on uh on the old twitter who thought that was becky lynch i'll be honest i did have that quick that that very slight moment who looks a bit like becky lynch Aye. there uh despite i think it was suit williams who said that every time he's seen a picture of jamie hater she looks like a different human being uh, yeah i think that's that is absolutely uh true of that girl but hey Another win for the good guys there. Another win for uh, for Andy Q and Co. She is uh, not signed with NXT UK, and she is uh, she's over here in AEW. I think that's the uh, the main uh, talking point of uh, of this thing. If you know, you know the match itself, uh, I didn't think was uh, hugely up to much, Andy. No, I, I went two and a half on on, on Grapple. Um, like I say, yeah, Britt Brit Baker. She's she's not excellent in the ring, but it's a personality. Just what you know, shines out over everything. And the bit where, you know, the crowd are swinging the towels around. Yeah. As much as we hate WWE in the moments, that's a moment that they can keep mm. showing and showing. It's like a, a, a person who hasn't watched wrestling in ages and flicks over to that, like, what the fuck's going on in this crowd with all the uh, mm-hmm. towels going off and just putting over a, a hometown person. It's just refreshing to see in, mm-hmm. in wrestling, especially when you see WWE with... Here it Mustafa Ali getting beat in Chicago. Hometown lad beat him in two minutes back with uh, Dominic Dijak. Of course, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I think it's good. Uh, like Jamie Hayes has uh, like re-signed with AEW instead of being stored in stored in the Enfield warehouse and just gets a bit of. Um, I don't know serious muscle out there for Brit instead of like comedy Reba, who's done a. To be fair to her, she's done her job excellently. But it just adds another dimension to Britt Baker now. And hopefully they can go more down that mm. uh, bad route. But I don't see it. She's she's this cool personality that, that wrestling fans always crave for mm. nowadays. I, I still think they're going to lean into that. That they, yeah. that, that they realise that's the thing with her as well. Um, it just makes you think. Like the choice would have been going to NXT UK, and I think it's interesting as well. Like I mentioned earlier on, her and Sky Smith's not with NXT UK, which shows you the, the hiring freeze. But think of you'd either be at NXT UK or you're going to be on Dynamite pretty much every week, even if you just come into the ring with Britt Baker, be around a million people watching you for a hot wrestling company, and you're in a prominent position. 
and she looks like she's put in loads and loads of like kind of work because like say she looks very different from um from before on a on a rev pro run but you're kind of really made up for her this is like a big like proper role and then if the, if it goes really well then you've got the kind of her turning heel on her at some point as well which yeah. works and also it means you don't put um rebel in the ring which is very important because yeah. a she's not very good and b she gets injured but as comedy on the outside running interference as a manager type she is brilliant mm, and yeah. she's been brilliant ever since they've put her in there it's been a really integral part of the act so if that's what that is then i'm fine with it match itself i i didn't like mm. um like uh you know red velvet is not ready really for that role I admire how far she's come and she did do well in terms of the angle that they did on, on dynamite for it. But we knew what, what it was. It was too long for what it was in some ways they should have taken into account the injury and just like kind of shortened it because if it had been a kind of five minute main event, that way you're not using Britt Baker too much. It would have been a lot better for what it was. Instead, I just sort of thought it kind of dragged, but the goodwill of the crowd kind of, bringing it through as much as anything else, which just says a lot like hot crowds that don't stop being hot throughout the night. Yeah. And why are they hot, Benno? Andy, because they're giving them what they fucking want. Yeah. We're a ridiculous idea. Yeah. Like not to do. It's that. not hard. It's not hard, is it? No, nah, <laughs> absolutely not hard. That's it. It's it's like imagine like the Marvel movies. Like no, you fuckers. This is what you're getting. <laughs> like imagine imagine if Vince McMahon directed that stuff. You know there'd be no universe building. You know <laughs> all the baby faces would be fucking dweebs. There'd be no stars. They make no money. Like Christ. Nah. Mm. We make movies. No though. superhero would ever get over, would they? No, no. I wonder what it does. Like I say, the quarter hours will be interesting. I know this is kind of... <laughs> Sorry, I was just about to make a baseball. Superman would get buried in Metropolis line. I don't know whether that... Is that right, JP? I don't know. I don't know. Is that where he's from? Uh, I don't, don't know. Sorry, can Yes. <laughs> well, he's not from there, is he? He's from the planet Krypton. <laughs> oh, right, there you go. So, yeah, it's like it's Superman getting buried in Krypton. You know, they wouldn't have I never liked Superman. Boring as fuck. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I like Superman 2, the film. That's brilliant. Terence Stamp is the villain as well. But bet you Cody, Cody loves a good Superman movie, I bet you, with no irony. Yeah. Yeah, he'd go, oh, Man of Steel's really good. And it's like, I fell asleep <laughs> during it. I was on a trip with students and I went, I'm having a kip. I'm fucking bored. Um, but anyway, I didn't have to pay. Uh don't know where I was going with any of this well, stuff. I was going to say, I mean, we should think it into like, to dynamite because i think obviously mm. you know not worth going through uh, the, the full uh, length of dynamite here but i did think that was a, a definitely a weaker show rampage was the better of the two this week yeah. i think that, that might be a problem going yeah. forward you know as much as like i end dynamite and think oh i want more aw and then i get me more aw on friday are the two of them existing at the same time going to eat, eat into each other's ratings that's a that's going to be a question you know is it going to be a case of will one feel skippable maybe rampage you know in weeks where you maybe haven't got the time to watch both uh i think you know there might be that but i do think this week you know 
Dynamite did feel like the lesser of the two shows. Dynamite felt like it it was just a show. It has done for a couple of weeks because you know mm-hmm. we're clearly waiting for for Punk, for Brian, for Rampage, for All Out. It it didn't feel like a priority, and I think that was reflected in the slightly worse rating. Um, and yeah, as a show, I didn't think there was uh, really much to, to write home about. There's some great performances in the uh, the undercard we can maybe talk about in a minute. Um, main mm-hmm. event wise, the big story coming out of the show was uh, was Jericho and Wardlow, which. Again, uh, felt like Jericho has been wrestling four weeks in a row and is maybe at a point in his life where he shouldn't be wrestling four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a bit of a, a disappointment considering what Wardlow um, did with Cody the last time he was put in a, mm-hmm. in a big position. Um, this didn't feel half as memorable and maybe a little bit worried for uh, for Jericho to wrestle for his fifth week in a row against MJF next week. I don't know if there's going to be shenanigans there or not, but it feels quite quick to to do the payoff for this thing. Uh, maybe they've got other plans for, for one or the other. I don't know what your, your thoughts are on it, Andy. Um, makes you think, is it, are they going maybe to a Sammy Guevara? But it's getting a bit near to the uh, pay-per-view now to, you know, start another start sort of another feud or so. Mm-hmm. I can easily see a bit of a screwy finish and then, God help us, another match at the pay-per-view between these two. Um, like I said earlier, I think Chris Jericho's wrestling, it looks like he's wrestling in treacle at the moment. <laughs> he's, and he's definitely oh, got he, something he, to offer. Like, I don't matter in, like, odd matches. Yeah. It's like the the legend type, the Terry Funk type, as we talked about. That's yeah. fine, but not every week. Yeah, I mean, the f- the first three, like, uh, like Labours of Jericho were very good. The Hooven to Guerrero one was a bit, you know, stilted and this one, it just basically Wardlow try to deadlift him and chuck him, chuck him around like a sack of spuds. Uh, uh, I did go like, like a sack of spuds, mate. Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> a good few spuds going on there, JP. Um, two, two and a quarter, I went on this, but I, I, I find it interesting with Wardlow and MJF. They keep hinting, uh, like dropping it in there, mm. like uh, MJF's, like he's got this power over him and. I think it was two weeks ago was like the first time it had been brought up in maybe a year and a bit about 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 the Cody loss and yeah what have you but just good little trinkets and that's what AEW do if you have that make that timing and investing in them ninety five percent of the time you're rewarded. That was the thing I enjoyed most about this match. Funny enough, it's the thing I came away from it like like liking the most because I, I didn't like the match. I, I agree. I, I it, It's kind of dragging on. And at this point, you kind of just want to see them move on to someone else. Just want to see MJF win the feud, like yeah. cement him as the top heel, have him win next week. I think it will be him beating down Chris Jericho for um, a good bit of time. And then loads of people will be running in from all over the shop. And then at some point there'll be something screwy that happens within it. I fully expect to see Nick Gage there like running in at some point like and he'll chase someone out with like the pizza cutter or whatever like there'll be some kind of spot like that i I fully expect that to happen but i want to see this feud end i want to see like i mean if you're going to keep jerry around like the thing is he needs a break away from it in order to keep him special Mm. and that's the last thing they're going to do because they seem really committed to the idea of having him on there every week and they kind of need to say, like, he gets disillusioned after losing to MJF after all of this, that he decides, right, I'm going away. And then when he comes back, then it's special. And then he becomes the special attraction that Benno, you, you spoke about. But at the minute he isn't, 
isn't a special attraction. He's just always fucking there. Hmm. And it's like between that and the commentary, I just kind of felt it's like kind of grating. Hmm. I don't know. Get him in there with Ricky Starks if you're going to do another feud. Mm. Maybe that's the way. Well, I would say as long as it's, as long as the crowd is still singing Judas, and there will be they're, they're always just going to have him on the show because that's part of the entertaining yeah. part of the uh, actual yeah. live experience. Oh, look, I mean, you've got drag to say him, as drag, well, it, drag him out again. Ratings don't, <laughs> don't drop with him. I was going to say that it's not even like they don't drop, <laughs> though. Often he's the highlight, like this week again. It, mm. it was, And it's, it's not a given that the main event segment on Dynamite was the best rating on the show. This week it did the best rating on the show. Like, you know, I... Definitely not saying to put him out, out to pasture. I just think there's a smarter way of uh, of using him. And yeah. Sometimes that smart way might be to not listen to every genius idea he, uh, he comes up with, such as wrestling every week, five weeks in a row, or or doing commentary. Um, which in which case, and I don't want to harp on this commentary. He's been a heel on commentary as well, which is weird considering like, he's a baby yeah. face now. I don't know. <laughs> they need to uh, need to align that too. They just need to. Uh, I can't fix a couple of Jericho piece of things. Can you relate to people who speak like that? <laughs> no. It's like that bloke from Pineapple Dance Studios called Louis. It's like you couldn't spend five minutes with him. I like, just get on your fucking nerves and go, I'm off. Like he's doing my head in. And that's how it felt like listening to his commentary. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I don't need it. I mean, at least with WWE commentary, I just don't hear it. It's just mm-hmm. a it's just white noise mm-hmm. and it and it goes on. But like this is stuff that you kind of you think you could be saying interesting stuff, but let's try talking like a normal human first. Yeah, let's 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 hope they uh, they fix it in a, in weeks coming up. But no, I was going to say as well, like uh, you know, again, Dynamite wasn't a hugely noteworthy show, but I do want to you know send a let's do a bit of a shout out to. I mean, I feel like you know the star of the show. Uh, I thought, um, well, firstly, I mean, as far as like young wrestlers that were were on the show, mm-hmm. I did think Daniel Garcia um, looked very good there against Darby Allen again. Great to see him back on the show. Great yeah. to see him and Wheeler Utah getting uh, in the mix on uh, on AEW uh, in general. I think they got the finger on the pulse there. I think that's cool. And another lad they got a finger on the pulse with, Dante Martin. Um, and that six man with Kenny in the books against the, the Sidell wow. brothers and him was like the Dante Martin show. I feel like he got booked on PWG this this uh, this this next show coming up. Not that anyone's ever going to see it, but based on the strength of uh, <laughs> based on the strength of this match, the DVD will be out in six months, folks, and, and you won't fucking watch it. Don't yeah. pretend you're going to watch it. Don't get all excited on Twitter. You just just don't lie to yourself. You're never going to watch that DVD, and if you do watch it, you're never going to finish it. So don't you know? Just don't don't pretend. Yeah. The fun lineups for shows that don't really exist. It's Schadenfreude. Um but you know he, he understandably worked his way into into that into that. Uh, that spot and was to be honest the the star performer on dynamite that week i thought absolutely i thought he was fucking tremendous and and i mean spoiler alert with his pwg match you want to dave Meltzer will compare him to ricochet four mm. to four and a half stars the end there you go and no one will ever see it like you say um but he was tremendous and it was the fact that the you're like you know the Bucks and Omega were setting it up for it to be that way, for this to be his kind of breakout. He's fucking incredible. Like the stuff he does with the ease he does it, you go like, this is like scarily good. And they've seen something in those, in the Martin brothers, because I think at various points, they've both been like kind of as singles, not just as top flight. I'm more used to seeing them as singles. Mm. And yeah. every time I think, like previously, it's not like I've been excited to see them, but then they've come on and I've gone, he's really fucking good and he's 20. Like, it is incredible. And the, the shit he was doing, just with the ease he was doing it, you just pray 
that like it's like let this guy go out and discover like kind of new places and all, all the rest of it because you're thinking of young people it's like my god he makes the likes of a mjf look old by comparison it's like he could be something really special like just in terms of just his aerial ability it just looks like he's fucking floating it's weird mm. yeah the air he gets is unreal yeah, yeah. go ahead andy I, I, I remember seeing him um, him and his brother when they were Airwolf and Angel Dorado in in, in Lancaster. Oh, no way. PCW. Uh, before, before the pandemic, um, <laughs> this was. So Feb, February 2020, they had a match against each other. And uh, our, Jeff, our Jeff's review, review of it was, that was shite, weren't it? Um, so they've, they've come a long way since... That, that evening in Lancaster, he yeah, he, he stood out during this match. Um, mm. Great, it, it, I just like I do like these openers on AEW where mm. it's a bit of a sprint for about ten minutes, but it just keeps you engaged. Like what's going to happen next? And they get they really did put over uh, Dante Martin. It's just the hope now that they don't just send him off to like dark elevation for a couple of weeks. You give him a like two or three week run. Um, in short matches on um, either Rampage or Dynamite, and just mm. showcasing this is what he can do while he's uh, while he's up all injured. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. You want to get this lad on like Rampage? That's going to be fascinating. That next episode of Rampage because you've got CM Punk Ooh. on it. Who Miro else do you put on that show? Miro versus That's- Dante Martin. Done. I'm sold. I fucking love that. That would be amazing. It'd just Let be like make a five minutes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, five minutes for it as well. But like, it, it's it, it's fascinating to see like who they put on their show with Punk and, and everything else. But like, like you say with, with Dante, Mike, it's it's, it, it's also about the people they're working with. Like, clearly getting those reps in on dark and dark elevation is doing everyone in the world a good. Mm. I wish it was in a more prominent place. Because it feels like, even though I haven't got time in my life for another wrestling TV show, like it, it's a show that when I don't see it, I do kind of think, ah, oh, there's there's good shit happening on it. I know it, but I'm just I don't have time or the energy to be able to see it. Yeah, but yeah, believe it or not, um, <laughs> but like with with him, with Dante Martin, I'm more than happy to to see him kind of around the place. But yeah, he's a he's a prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're looking forward to getting your PDWG DVD then, JP. Is that what you're saying? It's coming. Three months, um, six months, whenever they put it out. You're gonna watch 30 seconds of a really cool highlight video, mate, and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is the stuff." Yeah. Or I'll, I'll go. go I've seen it. Art. The end. <laughs> yeah, Remelts his review. Gone... Done. <laughs> That'll do. Again, your mates with AEW, all right? Just kind of use their themes. Yeah, and I'm fucking done with it. <laughs> stream it like a, some fucking proper grown-ups. Come on, oh, serves so everyone that he benefits. This C DVD stuff is this Super Dragons doing? Yeah, like I saw. Oh, I wish I could say it was. You can't, look, Gabe Sapolsky isn't out there kicking off about Dragon Gate USA talent being on uh, on pay per views anymore. You know, you haven't got to worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be fine. You know, everyone's working with everyone. Everyone's happy. You know? I've not heard. No one gives two shits these days. <laughs> Put whoever you want on there. Go mental. Sort it out, lads. Live stream. We want to see it. Um, They've got Jay Catalyst on there, haven't they? And um, oh yeah, uh, who else is recently yeah. released? Alex Zane. Alex Zane. Alex Zane's on there. He's doing GCW as well. To be fair, they've uh, I think they've got the first there uh, booking on SummerSlam weekend next week, which is cool uh, that they've done it. But no, right. uh, 
Um, David Richards is on that uh, that PWG. David Richards versus Bandido, JP. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's another young lad as well, Bandido. He was speaking about... I think about, you're going to say David like, Richards. Kind of, <laughs> turning up on that. I mean... They're getting all the mileage they can out of him on this indie run. I mean, I enjoy listening more to get it while you can. Joe Lanza talking about this. They're they're much more excited for it than I ever could be. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of funny. He's in MLW. Mm -hmm. He signed a uh, according to court. I love the descriptions of these things. He's he signed a a, like a multi year contract, and it's like, what do you mean by that? Because you could be talking about thirteen months as technically multi years, but like you never know with with that bloke but it's it's good it'll go over in that audience it's new it's a there's a kind of novelty to it as well and like it's really helping pwg i mean like and and this is the whole beauty of having all of these doors open because all of these shows we're going to be talking about this week this week are all interconnected yeah and that makes it fascinating and wrestling has not been this for a really long time I and I want Doug to Williams enjoy. wants to argue with that point. Did you see that? <laughs> he was like, What's what? this forbidden door stuff about? Yeah, it was WCW used to work with New Japan. I was like, yes, Doug, mate, 20 years ago, <laughs> there was a gap yeah. in the middle. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're comparing it against, not that. <laughs> like, yeah, he was like, yeah. forbidden door. Oh, in my day, yeah. it was a proper dad tweet on it. It was like the most your dad Doug Williams has ever gotten. Well, <laughs> and and AEW is the thing that holds the whole thing together on there because the the stuff that we're potentially going to be getting from them is is absolutely fucking mental. Mm. But you remember like Impact and Ring of Honor on getting arsed with each other every fifteen minutes, and you think about how a couple of grown ups in the room would that that would have been sorted out a hell of a lot quicker. Of just going, why don't we use each other's talent? It, you've got the the kind of street street cred, and we've got the exposure on TV. Works out well for everyone, but no. Good night, like assholes. Now that stuff isn't there, and like it's it, indie wrestling has needed this more than anything else in the world because it feels like for once there's a potential of some good name people going out there on the market and a bit of, and a real demand for them, and for them to be getting the kind of indie runs that they should have been getting if they weren't stuck in a warehouse in Orlando slash Enfield. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. I know we talked about it with Alan, like, uh, <laughs> Liam's t- for a best in the chat, it's waiting for Doug Williams to tweet if there's an actual door. That is the level of a uh, dad tweet we get from Doug. But you know who came up with that term, forbidden door? Was it Voices? No, it was Tanahashi. Oh, was it? No, it was Tanahashi it. in an interview about opening up the forbidden door. We were talking about Chris Jericho and AEW. And that's where the whole thing has come from. Ah, so, so, like, direct your criticism to him because what the fuck does he know about wrestling <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah i was gonna say like that, that is we had the conversation with alan didn't we that's the difference the us indies like especially pwg like the strength of their cards right now is the fact that they can you know aw clearly willing to play ball someone gets hot like dante martin no problem you can go do pwg as long as it's not on a wednesday or a friday and you know even the likes of ring of honor seem to be playing ball as well um Hopefully we uh, don't know, get a situation like that in uh, in this country at some point. But you mentioned there Forbidden Door, JP, and everyone working with everyone. We've got to talk, uh, I think, some AAA next uh, in relation to, uh, to AEW. There are, there are links there. Uh, you know, I 
Uh, tri triple Mania, as it uh, is properly pronounced uh, for uh, enthusiasts like JP was was on Saturday night. I I tried to stay up for it, Andy. I did my best. I got like I got through the superhero match, and like uncharacteristic for me, like I stay up late. I fell asleep. Um, it was a it was a two a.m. start. Um, I had had a couple of beers, so it was kind of uh, kind of going to happen. And it felt like I had a couple of beers watching fucking Arachnoid or whatever that the, the Spider Man character was. I think it was uh, Vikingo, wasn't it? Dressed up as a Spider Man. When, when you going down like oh, a yeah. wire oh. or something? It was like budget sting, mate. It was it was ropey Fierce as for his fuck. life watching him live. <laughs> Everyone watching it was like like that lad is literally like hanging by a thread. Like how is he? He, he gets that to just permission didn't he, to pull himself across, and then he just stopped dead. It was uh, yeah, not the uh, the level of uh, production you would hope. Yeah, he's stopping dead like with a hundred foot drop <laughs> underneath him, like early on. For a completely unnecessary stunt, whereas he could have just done it from some dark kind of like lifted, elevated bit before, and he just goes down onto the stage because he went yeah. all the way across the arena onto the stage. A lot of people hadn't even got in yet because it was kind of the opening slash dark match. Absolute waste in doing that. Most needlessly. <laughs> Imagine they killed Vikingo like the this future star everyone's buzzing about. To oh. do <laughs> It'll be so you hope we've all learned our lesson from those kind of stunts yeah. about where they where they belong in, in like, oh. Couldn't give two shits over there. Like oh. like <laughs> health and safety be damned. It was I mean, you say they don't give two shits. Like, what a fucking bizarre experience. Like, everyone I know has watched this show on the Cubs fans' Twitch page because that is the only place you could get it. As we were talking about on the weekend show, JP, they got Kenny Omega as their, their champion to allegedly appeal to the outside world, yet the outside world can't watch the show legally, which is the most AAA thing ever. Um, like, if anyone didn't see it, like, it was just... I mean, it was your wacky Triple Mania, wasn't it? You know, we had that like had that opener with the Marvel superheroes in it. I had Brian Cage playing what's his name with the big glove. What's Thanos. The there you go, Thanos. See, I know me yeah. Marvel stuff. Um, you know, it's like Taurus is in there as Venom. That's it. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was one of the other ones in there. Who were the other guys? It was. Um, oh, um, a lot of people doing double duty. Um, on the night. Yeah, it was, well, I know it was Murder Clown, and I thought it was Murder Clown coming out as Hulk. That was ridiculous. It makes sense like, as far as crossovers go. Look, superheroes, lucha wrestlers, yeah. it all fits together. It sounds like a British tribute wrestling show, doesn't it? Like Frankie Slam. It really was. All under the mask at the start, and then the real people yeah. come out for the Cap rumble. And I've I've got it now on here on Cage, mate. So, yeah, Leyende America, Captain America was Octagon Jr. Um, like, I think it was Captain Marvel was Lady Maravilla. Mm. And Sexy Star as Black Widow. Oh, right. On there as well. Didn't know she existed. So, yeah. And then they teased whoever is playing Loki coming up on the screen afterwards. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have watched the series Loki. It's fucking I great. I actually have, you know, for my jokes. Good series. Good series, yeah. Oh, big, absolutely great yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, it's fantastic. You... I thought it was a bit Doctor Who at the mm -hmm. start. I thought, you know, I was like, oh, does she really fit? But no, she was great. I think, I think someone said on Twitter, if it was the real Loki playing Loki, that would have been a good <laughs> yeah. one. That's what they should do. Uh, he still wouldn't job though, oh, even in a mask. <laughs> growling, growling in Spanish under a mask. That would be awesome. 
Badass Brandon. <laughs> this is just triple. I mean, for people who don't watch AAA or are never going to see this thing, JP, I don't know if you watched the whole thing, mm. but this is just typical AAA. Okay. And there'll be there'll be brawls between dudes, and you don't know why they're brawling. You know, the commentary, yeah. Hugo will be going nuts on commentary for yeah. apparently Rutan! no good reason. Rutan! Rutan! <laughs> it is. <laughs> Look, tri- AAA is going to AAA and Triple Mania is going to Triple Mania. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. do, do you have any, like, overall thoughts on, like, we'll talk about the uh, the candy stuff in a minute, but the overall uh, event, I suppose, and the uh, the matches that maybe might not be as uh, as newsworthy to uh, the people outside of Mexico? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the kind of, like, stuff, the other stuff on the card, apart from, like, the kind of the big match, which we'll talk about with, with Omega and Andrade in a bit. I mean, overall... It wasn't very good. <laughs> it really is. But did you have a good time? Is, I do because it's wrestling presented in such a wild way that you kind of can't help but be compelled by the whole experience. Mm. It's so like because it's kind of so out there. Yeah. And for most people who watch Lucha, the, you dip into it once a year, and it feels like this is Lucha at this point because CMLL's like seemingly a shit show. And all of a sudden, for one night, I kind of what I love about it is everyone's experts. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I dip into the big show, so there's probably things like Heroes at Immortales that I'll end up watching because, and it's normally kind of because of the US connections and stuff as a, as a result of it. But like this, as um, as a show was was kind of was really weak. Like the stuff I was looking forward to wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. So like, I thought that, I don't know what you thought about the tag team title match. I mean, I thought it was, it was kind of good, but, but it was, it felt a bit underwhelming for me, given the talent involved, to be honest with you. And then you have Brian Cage coming out being Brian Cage on there. So he like did his double duty for the night, hopefully got paid twice for the privilege. I bet he did. Generally. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, yeah, that's, that's the lottery you're running really. Um, like God knows with them. But yeah, it, it felt like that was the kind of like clear highlight in the ring because the other stuff was bad. I mean, Diona Perazzo, Fabio Apache was bad. It was a bad match. There are tropes of lucha that I loathe. The heel referee stuff is the fucking worst. Like it really is. It kind of actively ruins matches at times. Um yeah, and and the thing about Diona Perazzo is she's young, but she needs to work with good workers. And AAA, there's no good women workers there. They really, there really isn't. There's no one. In fact, there's quite a startling kind of like leap in talent, really, when you get beyond your kind of Taurus and Vikingo and and Laredo kid. Um, so yeah, the other stuff on the, there was a lot of stuff that's kind of teasing the CMLL invasion, which they've done this storyline a few times in the past. So like they was called like let Impressor. So you had the one with Sam Adonis in. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, I saw him um, sparked by that fan is what I saw. They were on yeah, they were on the uh, on the no for that one. Mm. Yeah. That didn't happen at Rev Pro, by the way, for the being one of the few people who actually saw that happen live. Um and then um like they've got a new kind of like what are three like kind of top line heels from CML, CMLL who held the trios t- titles, um NJD or yeah, NJD is what they're called. And they came in and they look cool as fuck, by the way, I might add, hmm. with these black and white masks and their suits. I was like Ah, oh, these boys, I know nothing about them, but immediately I'm kind of interested. Hmm. But 
they're all part of this larger, weirder storyline. So they're tied in with six of them. And so the whole thing gets very messy very, very quickly. But yeah, the 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 kind of gauntlet match, that was shit. The Chessman murder clown Pagano versus Adonis, Puma King, and I forget who the other one is now at this point. I thought that was that was bang fucking average. And the mask versus hair match. Have you watched that, Andy? Have you just watched Andrade? I've not, no. Uh, was it Pagano? He never loses a hair versus mask match, does he? I know, Seiko Clown. Seiko, Psycho Clown, aye. Yeah, it's, they've changed his mu- music away from the really creepy versus Ray Scorpion. So, so isn't like a big top. Who lost the, the lad with the mask or the lad with the tiny ponytail? The lad with the tiny ponytail, oh, which is very old. And he didn't have much hair to go on there with in the first place, did he? <laughs> it was more like, by the way, can I add, there was like a thing that like Psycho Cloud had his kids come out with him. There was one guy in one of the earlier matches, uh, uh, Mr. C's Jr., who brought her like a baby. Mm. And there were times he was holding this baby up like it was the fucking Lion King, holding up like Simba. And I was like, that is risky, mate. You're holding like a, like a newborn baby who's also wearing a mask. So you're thinking... I'm hoping they're asleep because they're going to have an absolute shit fit if I know like six month old babies. But yeah, he did that. And thought he'd bring <laughs> bring a baby to a place with five thousand people beeping fucking horns every fifteen seconds. So, oh, amazing! I mean, I I saw like of the undercard, and like, I skipped through like in the end as I like I say fell asleep watching the live one. If you're not watching it live, like this is you know Triple yeah. Mania isn't an easy show to to catch up on. As we found out that year, we all we all went around to Garrett's. Um, yeah, but late, man. I did, I did see the three-way tag though with uh, with Lucha Brothers and uh, and Vikingo and and the lads. That that was that was decent. It wasn't to my like high yeah. expectation. Maybe I I, I was mm. hoping going in, I got to see Vikingo do some fun spots. He didn't do anything particularly crazy, but he got a he got a couple of um, gift wins. Nearly died at the start of the night. In fairness to him, he's probably his heart hadn't fucking calmed down <laughs> from <laughs> fucking. Yeah, it took it a bit easy after that for him. Um, but he is still someone that, that clearly stands out on these shows. And, you know, Penta and Phoenix mm. come across as, like, the biggest stars in the world, um, you know, in these types of matches. And like you say, Taurus and uh, and Brian Cage got their their, their double duty uh, in there as well on that one too. But, yeah, that's about, like, as far as, like, worthwhile matches in the undercard to watch. Or not even the undercard, just, you know, outside of the obvious match that's got the international interest. That was kind of it, really, wasn't it? Um, I can't, I can't really uh, see if there's a uh, there's much more to recommend, especially going off the uh, the grapple ratings. But we should talk it. You know, the, the match that maybe got everyone's attention, and it wasn't just the match. Uh, I believe uh, a few minutes before they went out there, Conan being Conan tweeted a picture of himself backstage with Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair, uh, which kind of gave the game away on what Andre Andrade was about to do. Although apparently, if you believe reports uh, from uh, quote unquote journalists, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte Flair also wanted to uh, to come out there with them uh, and make that entrance, but was uh, firmly told no by the WWE, who can't have been made up that she asked for the uh, the night off the night of a WWE house show in Charlotte. But hey, they granted it, so whatever. Tells you where their head is anyway. Um, she's mm. fucking. She's landing in this forbidden door world uh, before you know it. That'll be a that'll be a big jump when it happens. But it was uh, the thing that got all that the headlines was yeah, Ric Flair uh, coming out with Andrade. There was no Don Callis, so. Uh, 
Kenny did come out with Conan, who I've got to say, I mean, I love a bit of K Dog, but you know, you got Ric Flair coming out there looking like a million dollars in a suit. Conan's just wearing the t shirt he went to sleep in the night before. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you got like those nighttime t shirts that you don't mind getting stretched a bit when you're Oh, yeah. That's what he was wearing. He didn't look great. Uh, but it's Conan. He's got to get himself involved, you know. Innovative event angle and yeah, this I don't know again on a, as as far as a match goes, I haven't got a a huge amount to say. I thought it was pretty bland at least for the first half. It did pick up a little bit in the uh, the yeah. second half, yeah. but it was more about the uh, the shenanigans. This one, I'd say, Andy, more than anything. Yeah, some of my notes here. I did put feels like a house show match at yeah. best. Night off for the lads. Um, maybe one of the lads. Well, I would say the, the the first 10, 15 minutes, I were more interested in the adverts they were putting up as pills and cigarettes and <laughs> what, condoms, oh, Mexi- Mexican condoms. I were more interested in that than the actual the actual match. Um, I did put uh, as well, Conan looks old. I was trying to think of like bald cartoon characters like Mr. Magoo's fucking disheveled or one, to, one, one of the Antil mob from the Wacky Races. You imagine him in a... Trench coat. Oh my god, he he looks old, <laughs> old man. He was, to be honest, when he was in the ring, he was terrible, and he's yeah. jumping on my screen now, so he can jog on. <laughs> uh, oh, got Mister Magoo in San Andreas is what I've got in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, um, what's he called? Hugo Savanovich. I know I said um, saying to JP earlier. Um, supposedly was married to Wendy Ritter, but it, God, God, how much, how much coke is he on on this commentary? <laughs> burrito, burrito, un poquito. Fucking oh. <laughs> every, every minute, you God love him, but my God, he's on something. Yeah, I, I was open for a moment like last year. Remember JP when he got like hit over the head with the like, was it a guitar? Yeah, was it, was that, guitar. Yeah, it was yeah. Chessman Pagana. That, that was fucking it, yeah. awesome. Need that again. Uh, I love the way he just slips oh. into English every now and then as well. Like that, he's just he's yeah. just a wild card. Does what he wants. Like Julio Giordio. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He kind of <laughs> There's another possible the title for the show. show. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, God, yeah, yeah. The the Ric Flair stuff. I mean, Liam points out in the chat there saying that he seemed to be cancelling a lot of phone calls on his Apple Watch. During during the match, as he was stood at ringside, which is funny in and of itself. I agree with you guys. For me, it just kind of never got out of like second gear. It just felt like a match, and it was moving at a pace. And I think Kenny Omega feels uncomfortable working at that kind of a pace. Like for him, it's just not not what he's used to. Because mm. if he's working stuff on like the undercard, it's stuff like what he was doing on Dynamite, isn't it? Where it's kind of a lot more all action and. It just felt massively disappointing. And there's just things about Andrade at the minute. And you you wonder, like, what's happening? Like, it's like, this is very odd, like, because it's kind of perfectly set up for him at the moment to be a really big force in the wrestling world. But there's just all these things that aren't connecting. I don't think his promos are connecting on any level. I don't think his ring gear connects on any level at all. I think it's fucking out, just bad. Like, you know, it's just like one of the cast of I don't know who framed Roger Rabbit or Dick Tracy fucking trousers that he's wearing and shoes. It just don't look right, mm. and I I just found it kind of quite dull and meandering. Apart from when it sort of picked up towards the end, but like, and the booking was weird. Like overall as well, I don't know if Ric Flair should be doing anything like that 
like from a physical perspective, that was just all far, far, far too much, even as kind of silly as it was. But yeah, it was just like a massive disappointment for me. And we've seen Kenny Omega lift weaker opponents to kind of much higher levels than that. I'm thinking of the match he had against Laredo Kid uh, at the last one. And that was that was a lot of fun. It wasn't the greatest Kenny Omega match in the world, but it was good. And it was like somebody like hard working, but here just like kind of felt dull as dishwater, to be honest with you. It was all the flair stuff that makes the whole thing interesting in the end. Just say about Charlotte flair, fair fucks. She realizes what she's worth and she is daring that company to fire her. She's a flair. Mm. She's like, we're on big money. She goes, Oh, we're on big money, but she knows. And she trademarked Ashley flair a year ago and the queen of wrestling and you just think she'd done that for a reason she sees the lay of the land she sees the fact that she could go somewhere and like really be involved like in in a kind of on a much much bigger scale i think as well and she's she's massively important like we we underestimate it and we maybe because we're sick of her and wwe and her having these permanent title runs she's really important mm. within like the world of wrestling and I honestly to God, I feel like if that like because Nick Khan will be knowing she she's on big money and we thinking, well, why don't we just let her go then? But they themselves know the value of having like it's the thing that AW after Punk and Danielson, it's it's that kind of top line, like who are the biggest female wrestlers you can get in the world. And there's a couple of them, frankly, who are a bit disgruntled between her and Sasha Banks. Hmm. Not happy with the situation. Hmm. I mean, Sasha Banks' answer is she shouldn't have signed that fucking six-year contract she signed, but, you know. (laughs) Like Harry Kane. Well, yeah, there you go. (laughs) He's in the Euro squad, though, JP, the Europa League squad. You know, all all is happy there. Um, But, no, I was going to say, like, you know, as um, Sean has said there, you know, and Andrade, you know, is there any chance he didn't go all out because he wasn't winning? I mean, that was, you know, another story coming out of this weekend was, you know, and I don't think that's the case. I just think Andrade's not as good as maybe... And it kills me to say it. He looked in the matches with Johnny Gargano, um, of all people. Or maybe mm. it's just one of those, you know, guy who leaves WWE runs and he's not as motivated as we all expect him to be. Or, you know, may, you know maybe it'll come. Maybe it'll come. But it, it definitely things seem off with him. But I don't know if that'll be it. But that was a weird, like, wrinkle, wasn't it? That, you know, I mean, obviously, you can tell. For all the people out there, JP, talking about the sanctity of uh, AAA and their, and their title and how, how, how horrible it is that AEW have gotten involved with the booking of their title. Like, I mean, <laughs> that is such a... Have seen how that title's... <laughs> I know. It's such a... Like, Jarrett? <laughs> yeah, Jarrett. Well, I mean, we're AAA tourists, like, we'll admit it, but, like, that is the type of thing a AAA tourist will say um, without really the context of what they're talking about, like... You know, I don't understand it, to be honest. I kind of think if Kenny was going to lose to, to Christian on Dynamite, now probably was the time for him to lose to Andrade. I don't, you know, I don't mind that as a story. Like, he's gone from being, you know, this this champion with all the belt collector guy to, to not being a belt collector. If he's going to lose one, I'd have him lose them all. Although maybe that tips the hand that maybe he's getting that impact title back at some point. But I don't think that was sacrilegious in any way. I 
doubt it made a difference to the way the match was put together. And yeah, Andrade's an AW guy himself anyway, so you know it's not exactly like you're putting a, putting her on a on a full time AAA guy anyway. So I don't know. I think if they want to do that, they'll do that on another show. Um, I think that'll probably uh, probably come down the line. And you know, all the people complaining about it probably we won't even know when it happens because they won't be watching. So you know, <laughs> that felt like a bit of a non-story to me. And it, plus that title don't really get mentioned much on AEW as much yeah. as like the Impact title. Mm. It's, ba- it's basically Bully's special prize, in it? The Speedbolt. It, it's a title no one wants. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Yeah, yeah. It really, like, they're not doing anything with that title. I don't get this kind of the sanctity of the champion stuff. Not with this current wrestling landscape. Mm. It's people going between lots of different companies with kind of sometimes overreaching storylines. It made sense for Kenny to lose this because then it would add some stakes to the all-out match because he's got one title left now. Mm. He's not the belt collector. And then after he wins that match, he gets more refocused again and goes, right, I'm going to be a bit more serious now. Now I'm asking Kenny Omega to book himself in a serious kind of heel mode and that will never happen. Mm. But like... That's like it kind of writes itself. So it did seem like a very weird, weird decision overall for this. It doesn't, the US Mega Championship doesn't mean anything. At least the impact title, he was kind of defending it. Hmm. Whereas here, you'll turn up there for one of their big shows and that's it. Like he's not there and he's not there for all the big shows. He wasn't there for like Raider Reyes. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I, I, and again, it's trying to make like logic out of. A company where, like we said on the weekend, Church A.P., there is not much logic. It's a company feuding with itself, as you explained to Yeah. The, the whole... They're literally what? suing itself over the rights for it to be shown in English, which it... So to be shown, like, outside US. of Mexico, which which it was, through mm. Twitch, really easily. <laughs> I hope Club fans are no well. Have you got shit. loads of tips? 100,000 100, views, I think, or something along those lines. It was enormous. Mm. I know I was on it. For a while, like at the start, until I fell asleep. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, missed opportunity there for revenue. But hey, at least mm-hmm. he's uh, he's done well out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have you looked on Triple Mania there? Um, I I did think, yeah, you know, I, I, like I say, I expected um, Kenny to uh, to lose the belt there, so that mm-hmm. didn't happen. But other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing here yeah, hugely hugely notable elsewhere. It's not a like I say, this is the one time of year, JP, where we all uh, we all tune in. Um, and then we all tune out mm. again until <laughs> until the next one. Uh, and you never know, there might be two triple manias in a year, one year, and you just end up watching them both. That's just how they roll. Uh, you know. Yeah. They'll be back and doing big stadium shows and stuff soon enough. They're mm. they're always up to something. They'll do some sold show somewhere at like a bull ring and the rest. They, they always manage to kind of wangle their way into doing these shows. But yeah. It's not great, but it's like you're not really there for the wrestling a lot of the time. Like you're there for kind of just the spectacle of what it is. So if you haven't seen it before, go and see it. It's a laugh. Yeah, that's it. It's more fun than WWE. (laughs) Like if you want an unpredictable, wackily booked show, then go to AAA. Fucking bother with WWE. It's just turgid. Mm. Like you can say a lot of things about AAA, but boring generally isn't one of them. It is. But I was one thing I was going to mention actually, like quickly. Did you see Andrade kicking off at a? He's not the uh, 
the, uh, oh, yeah. the NXT UK talent aren't the only uh, thin-skinned wrestlers on Twitter this week who should have more impressive matters to uh, to pay their mind to. Uh, Andrade having a go at Melter, saying you know you because Melter had a go at his performance in the match, going oh you you're always giving me a hard time or you never say nice things about Charlotte. It's like. You, you kidding? Oh, 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 Meltzer, he's got the biggest Charlotte blind spot of anyone I've ever seen. And Andrade, you fucking, he gave you five stars. Like, he's never gave Brian, Brian Danielson a five-star match, but he fucking gave you one. Like, mate, if you crap, you crap. And people are going to tell you. Like, that's yeah. that's his job. You know what I mean? Get over it. Mm. Take the criticism. Mm. Like, this hasn't been a, a good start, but we've seen, we were talking about Miro. These things can be rescued, and they can be rescued pretty quickly. If you find like the right groove with your character and, and everything else and you deliver on a couple of those matches and you get that buzz, all of a sudden then it does mean something and you get yourself together, which is ironically the character of Andrade in WWE, wasn't it? Mm. That he arrived with big fanfare, never really delivered, was kind of dull. Yeah. Then they gave him Zelina Vega and the whole thing worked. Mm. And then from that point onwards, like he then became the kind of figure that we were th- – all getting kind of excited about just laughing there, and sure. now <laughs> yeah yeah sorry sean in the chat there saying is it a good time to tell andrade about the grapple app there you go that's his answer don't, you don't pay attention to one man pay attention to it the groups of people yeah, um, just <laughs> who also well andrade you yeah you thought one person hated this it was turns out it was hundreds who've disliked <laughs> a lot of your matches over the last few months this is it, mate. This is it. Um, it's uh, yeah. Mm. If he's uh, if he's looking for the, <laughs> the grapple up or the uh, the hundreds to uh, to save him, he's uh, yeah, he's got no chance. But um, out of interest, what did you guys give that as a as a star rating as a match? Three. I went three point two five. Generous, Andy. But, Extra two point five. But, but wasn't wasn't it like it, it was nearly thirty minutes that match? Yeah, no right being thirty minutes. Oh no, that was the other problem. That was it. It was wasn't the wackiness for me. It was the, it was the, just kind of how long and boring the first half was. And like I say, I gave I gave it three. To be fair to Andrade, three point seven four is the uh, the current grapple average. So you know, people liked it a, a bit more than we did. It's got Kenny in it, JP. So you know, even see, he's yeah. given Meltzer three. Meltzer will probably give it four and a half. Like that's just that's just how Meltzer rolls. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's not going to find uh, much comfort in the old the old grapple app. But it's two point. Uh, go on. 2.75 and new new money though. It's, <laughs> there you uh, go. It's a four and a half, isn't it? I get <laughs> confused is. with the conversion rate. There is that. There is that. But no, moving on. A show where maybe star ratings were thrown out a little bit uh, more liberally. I and mean, what was seemed to be a, a genuinely well received show over on the uh, the other channel. Also very late on Saturday night. Uh, new Japan resurgence took place in in the US. Um, do think it's a, a big mistake uh, as we talked about JP that uh, that New Japan do uh, when they come over to the West Coast and set them running in, in prime time in the uh, in the West Coast, mm. which kind of cuts off the rest of the world and even uh, even the you know people elsewhere as well like on, on the east coast as well as far as watching goes but yeah um didn't manage to catch this one live but resurgence uh watched pretty much unspoiled the next day and thought overall was a was a good show Um i don't think it was anything i don't want i don't think i went over four stars on on anything on the show but you know i came came certainly close with it uh, with ishi and moose and it was a show with a few good moments in it you know plenty of 
young boy action for you, JP, in the uh, the undercard. Um, sorry, it always sounds bad, but you know what I mean. Um, not that I saw much of it, unfortunately. I will say, you know, we're not a biased podcast here, but and I will, you know, cards on the table. You know, our good friends at uh, at Fight TV do uh, do have the hook up for us to uh, to watch these things. But I'd be fuming if I pay for this and watch it on Fight because could I fuck yep. see any of the first three or four matches? It was like watching on like you know someone's old Windows XP. Um, PC where the graphics card can't handle the video that's being generated. I don't know what was going on. Don't know what the setup was. It felt like I skipped over to New Japan World for some of this undercard just to make sure I didn't miss any of uh, like Ishi and uh, Ishi Moose and uh, the other stuff I wanted to see. And you know, mm. even the New Japan World stream looked like it literally was like, like you know, like a, a Twitch dodgy stream. It was worse quality than Cubs fan. Like you could see the play button that the person on the New Japan World side was hitting. Like they were, they were, they were streaming the fight stream and then rebroadcasting it to the rest of the world. Is what it looked like, and you could literally see like the uh, the play hell? button and uh, and where they were up in in the video and stuff like that, and all the controls. It was uh, not a not a high budget or high value production. Um, this thing on either side and yeah i do i do hate when that happens with fight because like as much as we love fights and they are our overlords and we appreciate the competitions we do with them and such like i do think that's a fair criticism of fight when mistakes like this happen they need to get them rectified and you know i was watching this the next day and it still wasn't fixed um and i think that's kind of Mm. unacceptable really and there's always radio silence with it too i feel like people people are clearly on twitter and the like and in the comments like the comments on this live stream were people were not happy because they'd spent a pretty penny for mm. English commentary um, and you could hear it but they couldn't see a fucking thing like I think you've got to react better to that so yeah I know that was a, a bit of a negative on the show but uh, I don't know how you ended up watching it JP I ended up watching it on the replay and like you it was a sort of similar experience and it was just sort of like deeply annoying mm. as time went on of just like seeing it buffer and everything else and I was going this doesn't happen for a lot of their other stuff doesn't happen for like uh, like some of the other kind of things we've seen on on fight. Like didn't happen to slap fighting, you know what I mean? It's it's like, but then you uh, think of Royal. Don't know, Qu- don't know slap fight was uh, the, the model true, of professional broadcasting. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it had its it had its own charm. Right? So, <laughs> Remember when Matt Striker um, thought the show was about to start? <laughs> he, he queued it up, and then like five minutes of video played, and then we came back, and he's like, "Oh, I've been told the show doesn't start till eight. Uh, so Vampiro, and then they talk for another half an hour. <laughs> in fairness, he was kind. Yeah, like true. that's why he was going off camera every once in a while, coming back, and his eyes were getting redder and redder. I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, he's he's taken the proper and correct attitude to this as well." <laughs> but it's yeah, it was just very funny. Like, because you think of the Royal Quest now. Obviously, me and Andy were at Royal Quest, but you were watching it on the fight stream, and that was one of the uh, sorry, <laughs> but it was it shit the bed. <laughs> Like, and I remember walking past where the fight setup was, and it looked like a proper like production setup. Andy, do you know that on the level that you walked in, there that's where they were, like halfway. Right. Yeah, like they were there, and you thought, "Oh, this is a really good setup they've got going on." There's no reason for this, and even then, from the outside, I thought the lighting was bad. Like it looked like it was a new and novel venue, and you wouldn't have known that mm-hmm. at all, with the exception of a big fuck-off fireworks display during the tag match, <laughs> which was hilarious. That was great. Mm. And it was the thing that Osprey managed to somehow find himself in the stadium, stood in front of them as they were going off so he could pose for a photo that he took for himself. But I have to say, overall, this show was the most kind of all the way through, 
It's the first time in a long time I've watched a New Japan show and gone, each of those matches had meaning. There was a reason for them to exist on the card. It wasn't just multi-mans and two matches. Like, even the multi-mans had a purpose. There were a reason that Team Filthy were together. There was a reason that they were fighting a team headlined by by Leo Rush and the rest of it. And I know Brody King wasn't there, but that kind of made things fun. So for someone like me who watches New Japan Strong, it kind of felt like there's a little bit of a reward, even if Tom Lawler isn't defending it on there. Um, it's just overall fascinating to, with this project because New Japan seems to have gone really all in on this now because they're pushing stars because some of those ticket sales were fucking awful. And I'll be fascinated to know now there's an Osprey that's going to be on there. They've got Jay White. They're advertising Moxley even for like one of the big shows they're doing. How are they going to do? How are they, how are they going to draw? Are they going to basically be like a kind of another indie company of sorts is how they'll kind of look. But, you know, going doing what MLW do, go to the 2300 arena and then film a couple of months of telly. Hmm. It, it, it's it's a fascinating thing but overall like you said the show itself was was all was enjoyable there was a bad match with Hikaleo Juice but I thought overall really enjoyable hmm. yeah I mean you know it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as TV I mean I suppose a, a hmm. big talking point you know before we get to the matches is you know Will Ospreay did turn up um, hmm. and threatened to be part of their TV going forward um, and be, you know, over there. I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to be back over in Manchester, apparently, for the uh, the match with Doug Williams uh, coming up this weekend. Um, so I'm guessing he's going to be a, a bit back and forth. But, yeah, I suppose before we do get to, to the matches themselves, that was kind of uh, the big news story coming out of it. I'm interested in getting your takes. I genuinely don't know what you think. Like, I watched the segment and... I said this to Alan on Twitter, who was, you know, very critical and has been critical of mm-hmm. of Osprey's, you know, character. He's doing like budget Ric Flair, budget Conor McGregor, however you want to talk it. You know, it has it's got a level of cringe to it, hasn't it? The whole United Empire stuff is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't I haven't really enjoyed any of it um, in Japan. I might be the lone one on this one to say, you know, I genuinely thought this was a good promo. I thought it was effective. I thought. Yet I hate that guy. Um, again, uh, there are people who legitimately hate that guy um, for, for for their reasons, and yeah, fair enough. But uh, you know, I don't I don't always like it when they lean into the real life stuff, which he's he's done when he's been in Japan or like with little comments. But this to me felt like you know a a good heel promo that you know was a big surprise moment on the show and built up you know a potential match. I know it was only TJP, but speaking of dickheads, um, a match with TJP and built up Osprey as this, you know, uh, forgotten champion character with the uh, with the belt and built up a, a you know potential match with Shingo through a couple of hints at potentially him turning up at AEW and yeah, mm-hmm. for me it kind of did all the things it needed to do. Um but no, I, I know uh, people are, are very much uh, split on this and uh, on Osprey as a whole. Hmm. You guys hate it. You want to go yeah. first? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's no, I didn't, isn't it? But I, I, do, I, do, I do, I do agree with the um, the Conor McGregor stuff. He did come across uh, a bit like that. But I think in general, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think, like you said, Benno, it does open up that option if he's possibly doing the states a bit more. Whether he does go for, go through that uh, go through that door to AEW for like mm-hmm. a one off appearance. Yeah, possibilities there. Mm. I'm, I, I'm intrigued how, how he's going to uh, carry Doug on Saturday. Because <laughs> uh, 
Doug's not in a 2005 shape. No. That's for certain. When I was seeing him at um, Bloody Cleethorpes the other month, he was like, you know, a bit, 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 bit knackered. There's an upper okay. limit on Doug, isn't there, um, these days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think if there's anyone who's going to, you know, get that match out of Doug nowadays, it is um, Osprey for as much as he's uh, a bit of a prick. Mm. He, well, he knows he's he knows he's a prick. He's I've said before he's the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo of wrestling. Mm. He knows he's good, but he, he's got that "I'm better than you" attitude. But no, yeah, yeah. but now we we'll just have to, just have to see on it, mate. Yeah, I think so. And like I was going to say, JP, like you know, I understand. Like I understand that. Like mm. I was saying, I said same in the same conversation to Alan. Like I think the big thing is, I mean, the Americans don't give a fuck. But like I think with the with the Brits, the Irish, the Europeans in general, I think we, we you know we bring a lot of baggage to Osprey. I don't think people, again, rightly or wrongly, it's hard, people can't be neutral when it comes to Osprey um, and his segments. And I think a lot of the real life stuff does bleed through, and he's his own completely. You know, the responsibility for that lies with him, and the fact that he's he's blurred those lines a, a little bit too. And uh, never mind, you know, the the real life reasons people. People feel the way they do towards Osprey, but yeah, I think I think people, at least on our part of the world, maybe struggle to 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 watch a segment like this and and like I say, give mm. a give a give a neutral take on it. Yeah, I think you kind of sell it out right there. I mean, it's it's the thing with him is he's that polarizing a figure mm. that it's it's very difficult. Like it, it, a lot of the times, it's what people bring to the table. Mm. Personally, I thought. Within this iteration of his character, this was the best kind of delivery of it. Yeah, but that's not to I say that the criticisms of Pound Chop McGregor or anything else. <laughs> Brilliant. <don't bear. laughs> I, I don't think it's wrong. I heard someone just describe it as like it's lad Bible comment section stuff mm. that he's saying. Um, like I, I kind of un- <laughs> I understand the criticisms of it, but I think at the same time it was effective for what it needed to do. Mm. I think the states is the best place for him. <laughs> Um, I think um, he set up like some new and interesting directions that probably covers all of those tapings and everything else. He's a big star to go headlining shows with, you know, like Will Ospreay headline shows are a kind of a rarity and he'll be doing them around at these kind of events. So I think from a business perspective, it's a very good thing for them to do. The fact he's not in the G1, which kind of suggests like they're running these two very different companies. I wonder if that's a shoot. With... I wonder if he has literally refused. <laughs> like it wouldn't shock me based on what I... we know. Yeah, just, yeah. You, you really don't know, do you, with it? I mean, but like, I mean, obviously you could be plugged in. Like there's stuff you can do with like Shingo and stuff and a card straight away if you want to go down, down that route as well. I think it is a like, it's setting up at the moment that like he's, he is a major figure for them regardless of anything else. I think the fact that it's not going to be happening like him wrestling over here. It's interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the reaction he gets when he comes back in on, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And like, as a result of that, I think like, that's why you're thinking with him in the States in some ways, that's where, like if he's wanting to just go and wrestle mm. and be the Will Ospreay character, that's kind of probably the best place for him at the minute where he'll be able to do that and actually kind of get the work. 
and mean something within it. All of a sudden, like New Japan Strong kind of means something within proper New Japan canon now. Like it's been given a whole other level of importance that it didn't have before. Mm. And that's kind of because he's there. Mm. The AEW stuff, I know it sounds really bizarre to say like not at the moment, but really not at the moment. It's far too crowded. Yeah. Mm. But like, I mean, him throwing it out there is a lovely tease for something that may not happen. But the idea of like kind of playing into it and he got the reactions you wanted. And I think the people who, he, who stood up to him, you know, I look forward to him and Clark Connors. I think mm-hmm. that could be a great little match. I think you mentioned about TJP. I think they'll have a great little match. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really fun match when they, when they do it, they'll do that stuff. They'll be able to actually put him in there with some people who might be able to kind of keep up with him mm-hmm. um, a bit as well. So Definitely. There's my two cents. No, definitely. Like, I'm with you. I'm not. Uh, again, maybe it's faint praise to say this segment was the best Osprey's look doing this character because it there's been some mm. real depths in um, doing this character. Yeah, it work for me. But uh, yeah, I read it differently than than a lot of people did. I thought this this gave me a little bit of hope for it, despite those criticisms that it that it could work. Because I've always mm. said, you know, Osprey's biggest strength is as a babyface, especially in Japan, um, where rightly or wrongly, like you're saying there about the US, JP, people don't care um, about the nope. you know the, the things that the surround Will Ospreay is there as the person. Um, but yeah, uh, this year... Like it feels very set in stone how people feel mm. at this point and yeah. people, whether or not they're, they're willing to, to watch and everything else. And I think and people can get refunds if, you know, sort of yeah, yeah. I was mentioning yeah. there, obviously, you know... Rev Pro, for example, people who got tickets to the Manchester show at the weekend who aren't happy. And I think Rev Pro are, are honouring refunds for people who weren't expecting Osprey to be on the show. Yep. I mean, when Rev Pro made him, you know, kept the title on him and kept it on him for the last year or so, I think you knew where Rev Pro stood. So, you know, I don't think for me that's not, I mean, maybe it's a surprise he's got a match this weekend, but it, it's not a huge surprise to me. Mm. He's in or around the shows, but. Uh, I do think that's right, and that those people can can get those refunds uh, if they like, and if people are, yeah. are comfortable with seeing them uh, work at Doug Williams, then people are comfortable seeing them work with Doug Williams. I don't know if there's a a right answer um, in the Osprey case, but yeah, maybe we'll talk Red Pro a little bit later on. But like before we get to that, I mean, yeah, let's talk the the rest of this uh, this show. And I don't know from a, from an in ring point of view. Um, I suppose the, the one place I want to start, I don't know if it's the most famous match on the show, but Ishii and Moose, can we talk about that, lads? Yeah. Talk about uh, yeah. big lads, big lads yeah. uh, slapping meat here. Um, tell you what, I only went 3.75 stars, but I feel like Ishii dragged Moose to the best match I've ever seen him in. Um, yeah. Ishii was well up for this, as he is with any big lad they, uh, they put in front of him. And yeah, I felt like this was a, a strong match. And he seems right up your street, this type of match. Yeah, um, I, I I I agree with you there, Benno. Um, Ishi Ishi just like he did he did carry did carry Moose, mm. um, just like giving him plenty of time to shine in a different setting that he's used to on like on Impact. But you know, give Moose his credit. But during like the pandemic here, he was one of the stars of the Impact TV shows. He held that show together, mm. and he is he is like a talent on his own but looking at the size difference between Ishii and Moose fucking hell hello down there how are you but <laughs> but the thing is with Ishii he might be like five, five foot two and like Willie Carson but I think it's the believability of him that makes him like six foot five doesn't it mm. no it is yeah that's it you you don't 
until it's kind of made obvious to you, you don't think of Ishii as a... I know he's got the Pitbull character, but I don't think of him as a tiny yeah. man. And he is, yeah. but that's what works about him. Yeah, always coming out the curtain with the two rolls of carpets under his arms. <laughs> <laughs> as, as ever. But uh, no, it, it was, for me, it was well, just over 15 minutes and mm. I went four stars on this. I thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. And mm. both guys, well, Moose got a over bigger than he should he should have been really mm. very, very much a match you'd see like half time main event at a red pro show about mm. three or four years ago it's set with uh, people going one two moose yeah <laughs> do you think um, did moose achieve what we thought he might say JP and having a better match than he, with Ishii than Walter did I think that might be true uh, I'll never get over I the disappointment of that match. Sorry, I bring it up a lot, but I was yeah. expecting a lot. And it might be, it might be that that match in a vacuum is actually quite good, and our memories of it, like it's like, well, maybe it's just we expected five stars and we didn't get five stars for it. But mm. no, I feel quite confident saying that this this was a better match than that. He's my guilty pleasure, like all the wrong thing, Moose. Um, I'm, you know, when I think of Moose, the image again, the Avoc nightclub, you know. Him and Wolfpack Sting, mm. him eating a Chinese, <laughs> him turning up in the car mm. outside. Like, all of those are the things that come to mind with it. But him in the ring, like, I completely agree with Andy. Like, it feels like he's kind of got it. There are times that he moves that maybe, like, it might seem like a little bit kind of weird <laughs> at times. J- JP, I think uh, WH Park put it um, bluntly. Like, uh, when he's when he's running, it looks like he's shat himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did say, said, I yeah. think that's a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> he did, like, but at the same time, like, I, like his athleticism at times is kind of incredible. His drop kick is fucking awesome, and this match was like what the crowd wanted from a Tomohiro Ishii match, which kind of immediately meant there was a level of investment from the crowd. They got Ishii. Ishii was turned on. When was the last time Ishii had a match like this? Mm. How long ago? When was the last time you've been given a singles match of fucking substance? This had it. There was no storyline other than this bloke's really big who he's wrestling. And then a lot of the the drama is, can he get him up for a brain buster? Which he does. Yeah. And it it delivered everything that I kind of wanted this to do. Like four stars. And I think Moose will end up in New Japan. I think they're the kind of thing where he looks and goes, they haven't got a wrestler like this. And he'd probably get over there. The size of him and everything else. And as soon as he does one of those kind of leaps up onto the ropes into a into a, um, a cross body, they'll go oh, back ridiculous, shit. ridiculous, isn't it, that move? Well, they, Absolutely ridiculous. Move. They did. Remember Damien Priest wrestling a couple of matches there and doing the big dive over the top, obviously, as Punishment Martinez. And he, he got over with the crowd straight away. I could see him doing that. Mm-hmm. And if this is his test of match, then he passed. I don't know on that. I still feel like it could have been anyone. <laughs> I just feel like this was big lump in there with with with, with Ishii. Although you know, again, I will say it was better than the uh, the Walter match. So I suppose there's that. Um, but no, it, it did work for me too. Like I say, I almost went four. I didn't quite didn't quite get there. But like yeah, that closing stretch, with you know, leading to finally getting the brain. Like how like 
greater moment like it felt like just like like release when he got it. it was like it was one of those matches where it was you know it's building to one thing and, and we got that one thing um but i don't know but i'll say moose was uh was competent in the in the match uh, mm-hmm. but obviously you guys are uh, <laughs> higher on me than that but yeah i mean that, that again that was for me the highlight of the show in ring i think um i, I mean mm-hmm. i don't know did you did you guys go uh go any higher on uh on anything on this show was there anything else that uh that you preferred um, to this one? No. There was a lot of stuff I enjoyed, but I think this was possibly like the in-ring kind of highlight for you. And I say that with actually... Yeah, and I think, you know, but I have to say I enjoyed the semi-main and the main. Mm. I think they were kind of better than what I expected them to be, and I think that's the... Like, you could almost summarise the show. I thought they were they were fine. If I would say Finley J. White was kind of a bit too over long but can't like, go that long with like, the baby face like he's just not mm, that he's not interesting enough like it just doesn't work no and the crowd didn't like him and i don't know if they, some people will say it's the nxt comments and the rest of it i just think they liked jay white i think they wanted to see the stars of new japan and they considered jay white to be that and they wanted to react to jay white who like you know looked kind of good for this he's getting better there isn't he, in you know, america like that's that's where jay white should be like we're finding that out like i, I enjoy him more in new japan you know the last couple of years than i did before that but mm. like i feel like u.s wrestling is where he needs to be and that's what we're finding out at the minute mm. like because that's what he's going to be on like and i think with him he's going to be in AEW soon enough mm. depending on how long they're over there because it seems to be they're setting up people to be there really for the rest of the year mm. like in terms of like the shows they'll be doing and then they'll be wanting to get them work in a few other places. So I don't think he's going to be off impact anytime soon. And I think at some point he'll be in AEW. It's yeah, but I agree with you. It's, it's better there because like there's a different crowd dynamic and I think that really helps with him. And because he's found himself as the character, he responds to it a lot better. Whereas David Finley, when you're thinking of what is his character, it's well, basically fit Finley's, like kind of slightly wacky son <laughs> who's going to end up in nxt or uk well yeah <laughs> Maybe. well they're not hiring he's he shat the bed in terms of his timing of this moment hasn't he that's true yeah yeah could have got in a few years ago unless yeah, he wants the challenge of getting employed while a company's on a hiring freeze <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the plan. But no, I I, I don't think I can share. And I'm not saying you love over JP, but I went three on that. Um, Andy, I don't know where you were. I went three and a half on the main event, which was oh, all right. The, yeah, I, I only over the match I watched with the uh, Lance Archer and Tanahashi main. What'd you give yeah, that? Three point two five. I went on that. I thought no, oh, three and a half. Yeah, and a half. for me, for me. Just went on a bit. It shouldn't. Lance Archer, number one, shouldn't be in twenty twenty five minute matches. But t- t- Tanner pulls pulls his weight all the time. I, I was a bit worried on that first um, high fly flow where he looked a bit of a struggle for poor old Tanner. But then mm. when he hit it tw- twice more after that, yeah. like bloody hell, hit it perfectly. Ah, um, I enjoyed. It. I enjoyed John Moxley having a beer on the front row. He was like my that spirit animal, Modelo. <laughs> He's got a good choice, a good, a good, a good tasting beer, is uh, Mr. Moxley. There you go. They're all over you, aren't they, Modelo? They're always fucking sponsoring them. Yeah, I can't see him on the John Smiths any day while he's over. <laughs> if he were coming over here, I could see that being his drink. I could see it. Uh, yeah. sitting a little I could old see him going health leather on the. 
<laughs> you could seem going hell for leather on the Guinness, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Dublin, you could just go, right, on principle, I'm going to go on the piss on this for the day. So. You'd be the type where he's in Europe in general, so it's like Guinness. I'm in England. Guinness. Close enough. Guinness. <laughs> He'll be that type of drinker. Can I say as well, he seems like, I know it sounds really bizarre because he doesn't often smile as a character. Inside, I imagine he's one of the happiest people in wrestling. Does what he fucking mm. wants. Does what he wants. And let's face it, setting up him and Tanahashi in AEW. Got to be all Possibly out. Possibly all. Got to be all out. Mm. Which if you're not in that main event, you're not in that world title storyline and you're giving him that. I mean, Tony Khan's letting him deliver on stuff. And they'll do Anita at some point. That'll happen. That wild thing music will play and it won't be him that comes out. It'll be Anita, but you know. But yeah, overall, I went you know, three and a half for that, and I went three point two five for the for the match before, um, mm. like as as the semi mind the main. I thought they were they were kind of fine professional wrestling matches. I don't know what you, you uh, the undercard. I kind of enjoyed. If I can give a I shout out for Frederick, Frederick's Coughlin, boys, how do you pronounce it? Potato, potato. Ah, oh, he hits him with that fucking lariat. Like he absolutely wallops him. He has got something, Alex Coughlin. He really is. Like, he really has something about him. Just the size, but he's also kind of got a charisma. Like, the look stuff is kind of down because mm-hmm. he kind of has got, like, a strongman style look. And it's it's simple stuff, but they, he does it brilliant. He does it really well. Mm-hmm. He's there with it. It's like Clark, Clark Connors when you see him and you just think, he should be in the juniors in Japan. Like, that's the level he's at. He could be working the juniors in Japan. You could put him in a tag team mm. with with someone else and he'd do a hell of a job. And I thought those things delivered in what they were. I mean, Yuya Mora getting the pin and his promo. Big moment. Is, a bit awkward, but it's big enjoyable. And then Shibata comes out as well. Mm. And it's like, right, he's if they're turning, if his character's going to be, I'm going to turn him into Shibata part two, mm. then great. It's, it seemed very similar, that moment, to um, Gabriel Kidd at Victoria Warehouse um, mm. about a couple of years ago. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. He got his win in the six-man tag and uh, Shibata come out and said, yeah, you're coming with me. But quick question, where is our Gabe at the moment? He was in the States. Right. He had, there was photos taken. So I wondered if he's not on this show, is he going to be on the New Japan Strong shows and the tour? Right. If that's the case, if they're thinking of an excursion, they're thinking the US as well. I couldn't see him ever coming back over here. But then again, I said I did see uh, Red Pro say, "Oh, he might be over end of the year if he's visiting for Christmas." Mm. You know, in in an era where it's struggled to get any import for an amount of time, frankly, young lions like him mm. and Yota Suji are sometimes they're going to be as good as good as we get, and it is a good bit. Of, it's you know, trying to think of the best player you've taken on loan at Rochdale. I mean, I'll say Gavin Bazunu could be that player, but if you're thinking <laughs> of that, you know you're seeing a star of the future. Maybe it was like when Beckham was on loan at Berry. Ours was probably um, Tom Heath, Tom Heaton from Man United ah, a few years ago. We never lost a game with him in net. Where's he? Villa or Burnley, I forget. He's Man United, back at United. Oh, shit, he is, yes. Second or third keeper now. Yeah, he still appears on the fantasy league stuff, which we've <laughs> yeah. given a wide berth this week. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with that one, Gareth, back next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got some of it in the pre-show. Um, 
But yeah. Did you so, like Filthy Tom for the while? I just like to see him on New Japan coming out to that music and being like the focus and the leader of that stable. Like, yeah, like that man's a star. Right. Eight tune, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I don't. Uh, the Jorts criticism be damned. I could care less about that stuff. He has fucking charisma to burn. That faction, I don't know how J.R. Kratos is there at times. It's it's somewhat of a mystery to itself, but hmm. it's a good little faction. There's a well-defined tag team. There's a well-defined smaller wrestler in Danny Limelight. You've got your monster in the background in J.R. Kratos, and you've got your cocky, like, like wise-talking leader who can back it up in the ring as well in Lawler. It's a classic kind of faction. Works. The only thing they haven't got is a manager, but they don't really need it. And I think that's the kind of stuff that if they're doing these tours and you're pushing New Japan strong as a show, like they become kind of an integral part of the whole thing. And all of them in their own ways have all done their job of getting over, I think, enough as well. And I think the crowds enjoyed this, which suggested that they knew about what was going on in there as well. And even the likes of an Adrian Quest, which look kind of doesn't really look like he's at that level. He had a couple of nice moments in there as well. It was all of that stuff was as much fun as I've ever seen a New Japan undercard in fucking what feels like years at this point. It looked good between my freezing images uh, on the screen, but no, I agree with you. You picked out there. I, I would say one thing I would, you know, I can't believe we've uh, kind of left it to last year to talk about lads, but we're finally getting the Good Brothers versus G.O.D. You know, we got the, the big segments Ooh. Tamatonga has been building to on his oh, dickhead mate. Twitter for the last, what, four years? Like, non-stop on his shitty podcast, <laughs> building up this work-shoot feud with the, uh, between the Bullet Club and the fake Bullet Club and the Elite and all of this stuff. It's finally coming to a head, lads. Does anyone give a fuck? If, if I told you, like, like you've already seen G.O.D. versus the Good Brothers 500 times, you'd believe it, wouldn't you? It's that kind of match. Like, mm. I, I know what that match looks like with my eyes closed. I don't need to see it. But apparently, uh, like I say, Tamatonga's uh, work that he's been working a shoot and shooting a work and marking himself into a marker on Twitter these last few years is, uh, is going to pay off for the lads. So at least he's getting his moment. Oh, the inception of works. <laughs> I mean... If the company was called New Japan Pro Piss Taking, then these two would be at the top of the list, really, for them stealing a fucking living. Um, This match is the biggest Mandela effect because apparently they've never met. I don't believe it. Whereas I saw a voice, the rest of the tweet, I don't believe that has happened. I can't believe that's happened, that that they've never met in the ring. Like I I feel like I've watched that match, I've hated that match, and I've sat through three other matches of the prolonged feud. So... To get that kind of a vibe from a series that hasn't even started yet, I thought it was funny the mics, none of the mics worked, which clearly fucked all of them off. Yeah. Because I thought I could care less. But G.O.D. have that effect. You remember when they came out of Rev Pro and they were challenging Aussie Open and people were going batshit? Mm-hmm. Like it was the day before um, before Royal, Royal Quest Club. again. And and the crap, and I remember just looking around going, G.O.D.? really okay and like people losing their shit for it and they kind of were loving this stuff it's an audience i don't quite get but all of them it's just all like projection i mean it's going to be interesting who does the least work in that match i'd say the bookie's favorite is luke Gallows, as he always will be (laughs) be but he could get a run for his money yeah oh those lads in there 100 percent um 
But yeah, we'll look forward to that whenever it takes place. I think they did announce a return pay-per-view, didn't they, for uh, for further down the line. Maybe that's where TJP Osprey happens. Uh, yeah. Any other notes on on New Japan USA? Just proud, JP. Are you proud of your your brand making it this far? Oh, and you know, yeah, making it to promise. my brand. Yeah, the people's brand. <laughs> it's the best thing New Japan have got going on. Yeah. If we're going to be playing outside of Shingo as champion, mm. like that is this is the best thing they've got going on. It's the pace that this US expansion and it's the importance because if they're looking at their overall ticket sales and everything else, and also they've booked that venue in Texas that AEW run and had 5,000 at. Now they've not had any ticket sales and they've got to hope that an Osprey, a White, a Moxley and all the rest of them are able to generate that kind of a crowd. But it's fascinating to see them put the resources in. Because in some ways, there is another opportunity for another touring kind of company. If there isn't that many indies out there for them to be able to do it. And they've got a good crew. They've got a good roster. I think they're, you know, they've done stuff on New Japan Strong right, which is credit to Shibata and Rocky Romero, really. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. Our brand. (laughs) That's it. Uh... That's that's the real R brand, um, but yeah, I was gonna say we've got a got a, a few minutes before we're we're gonna wrap up. I mean, is there anything else you guys have been watching? I know uh, Gareth's not here, and I mentioned earlier, you know, Andy, you're uh, you're sat in his chair, and I believe you've uh, you've done his homework for him as well this week. Yeah, no, I did watch um, a Noah match uh, before we came on this evening, which is uh, Takeshi Segura. I've said that right against Masato Tanaka, two fifty-year-old lads. Having a scrap. What more do you want? When I, when I seen the runtime on there, because it's on YouTube, some someone's putting hooky hooky stream up. Uh, Forty three minutes. I'm like, oh fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those. I'm one of those people who just wants fifteen minutes. Get out there and get to the back, lads. I don't think you're wrong. It's like the three hours in cinema that I'm constantly fucking getting angry about. Yeah, yeah. Or three hour podcast. Like, an hour and a half. I think we're on, we're on yeah. to lose it with us three. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah, a different medium, <laughs> and length is part of the is part of the strength. You know, that's my defence <laughs> to. Sounds like not just podcast. <laughs> do as I say, don't do as I do. All right, but um, I, I would no, I would say with this um, stuff like um, Tanaka doing a headbutt spot, doing the headbutt spot. Mm. And just like busting himself open, but he's he's got little slots, you know, where he can stick. It's like a pool table, his head. He's he <laughs> sticking like fifty p's in and twenty p's in, and and he just starts working. Um, but tw- I would say twenty-one minutes into the match, they just both look like worn out, but they put so much work into. It. But just looking at time, God, they've got another twenty minutes of this. How are they how are they going to pull this off? But my word, they don't half pull it off. And um, what's it? Segura actually won in the end with the uh, angle slam off the top rope, just murdered Tanaka. But my God, just yeah. It, 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 even though it's like forty minutes long, it's worth your t- it's worth your time. And you just mm-hmm. astonish her. Like how old must uh, Masato Tanaka have been in uh, forty-eight? 98? It's forty-eight. Oh. And ninety-eight. Yeah. Oh my god! Twenty twenty three years ago, so Brilliant. he would have been twenty five against Mike Olson. You know when he was getting his head caved in. 
Oh, getting power bombed through a table, landing on his fucking head and shit like that. Oh, yeah. God. Absolutely unbelievable. But nah, uh, it's. I'm not got round to rating it yet, boys. It's a four. It's a 4.25. I've seen people give it four and a half, 4.75s today. Mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I've seen it noted on Twitter today. And I thought, oh, I'll give it a watch. Do do my own work. But yeah, it's, it's, it's worth a watch, I would say. He delivers in main events, Segura. Because mm-hmm. as Gareth, when he watched the Segura versus Go Shiyazaki match, but then there's also been the matches that he's, even the match he had with Marafuji, which was fine. But then you remember his age and you think he's really got no right to be delivering on that kind of level. Mm. He's, he, he, still, he still looks the same as he did uh, when uh, Pro Wrestling Noah did the UK, like God knows how many how many years ago when they came over for the second time. Doesn't look any different. Oh, you, were you at that? Yeah, no, that's the one where I managed Hero and uh, Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> but the actual... <laughs> I love how you dropped that in. But, but the, the, the Segura match, I can't think of, remember who we were against, but uh, remember RGF falling Robbie asleep Brooks. during that match. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good match, but I know on the first night, which I've watched on DVD, we were against Dave Mastiff, and it was a like belting match. But no, nah, <laughs> I just remember him back from that day. <laughs> Still keep in touch with Hero and Claudio, or <laughs> um, l- last time I met Chris Hero, I fell into his arms at a tidal show as I tripped up over the step on the uh, on the rampway and a fell into. Him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, I was going to say, Andy, like obviously, while we've got you, I mean, anything you'd recommend from what you've seen like live over the the last week or so, or a, a future shock at the weekend? I know you, you mentioned that yeah. in the pre-show you had that a, a great weekend. Yeah, no, it was a fabulous weekend. Um, so obviously, second show because it, it, the second show few hazy highlights because it's it had been a long day. But I'd say from the second show, Tonga and Alexis Falcon, perennial rivals, mm. having a two out of three falls match. That was a very good match, very hard hitting, and they mm. worked, worked very well together. I would say the first show was, after like the first four matches, like, fuck me, this is excellent. Because we sort of went into it with like quite low expectations. They had the two main matches, Young Guns against the Models. On one show and DDL and Sonny Derson later on, mm. but the afternoon show you had Big Guns Joe, everyone's friend versus Sam Bailey. And Big Guns match. Joe or Big F and Joe? No, Big Big Guns Joe. <laughs> okay, just a but um, <laughs> not Joe Nelson. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but um, I said there was about it was near enough sold out. Um, the Guild Hall for the afternoon show. You can, mm. It's one of those, once you notice them getting extra seats out, you know that they've drawn really well. Mm. Uh, about two, probably about 250, 300. Mm. And th- these two had the perfect opener, got the crowd into it all, and um, Big Guns Joe won that. There was another match, Lackland Sharp versus Keenan, which the two lads who they got from uh, the Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy. But fucking absolute banger of a match is um like a uh, Lachlan Sharp's finishing maneuver was like a torture rack into a blue thunder bomb mm. just like Crystal and A were just like wow where's this where's and <laughs> um, there was that there's um, a tag team um called Synergy who you might have seen as have a few pictures with on uh, on Twitter two big beefy lads a bit um in the style of the Steiner brothers 
they do the old like top rope bulldog as a finisher and just like start press slamming people around the ring. Uh, not killing people though. Not killing people. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. But uh, now they're, they're a tag team to look out for, and the main the main event of the first show. Um, I, I, w- I was saying on graps and claps, I would have gone if he were on grapple four and a quarter for this match between the young guns and the models. It was just perfect tag team. Sorry, who are the models wrestling. again? This is Joey Hayes and it's, someone else. I presume. Yeah, Joey Hayes and uh, Danny Hope. Oh. Um, <laughs> but that, I know that name. Is he good? <laughs> from time to time. But, <laughs> but no, these, these two, um, these two teams just, you know, gel really well together. The young guns a bit have started showing a bit more like attitude and bit cockiness about him, more heelish side. But yeah, seeing that. Um, it, it, yeah, but this it ended up with the models cheating to win, um, mm-hmm. to win to win the tag belts. They're like, oh god, the models are baddies now. So what happens to the young guns? And then after the match, uh, one of the interviewers for Future Shock got in the ring and tried to interview the young guns. How was the match and everything? And they just twatted him. And then they got booed on the way out. So, But, nah, it was fantastic, fantastic uh, main event. And definitely one that I went away to the pub for, like in between the shows, just like, oh, God, I can't, I can't wait for the second show now. But like I've said with... Currently, Brit rest at the moment. There has been some good matches on it. There has been some rubbish matches, but mm. all in all, it's been all about the day out and what have you. And I like was, that idea was... of doing like the afternoon show and then coming back for the night show. It's like you've got the wrestlers are all there anyway. You, you know, you can charge two lots of admission. It makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? And like people like you can travel out and have a reason mm. to spend the whole day there. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and it, as well, like, um, well, Future Shot's been doing the double shows to sort of catch up on shows with the, like, season tickets. Um, so the next show's actually just a single show on its own. But, like, Future Shock have been doing double shows. Tidal's got a, a double show next week in Batley, and they're doing the same in, in Leeds as well. But, no, it, it does make it worthwhile. I would say the afternoon show drew more than the evening show, but that's not to say the evening show didn't look 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 full it was it pretty much uh sold out for him and i think since since the actual coming back from the uh you know the covid era and what have you i think future shock have uh run a good run a good ship they're still doing the temperature checks when you when you're going in and uh you know encouraging you know, like wear masks around the venue and I said, I think I said earlier, they had um, burritos on sale for five quid outside. And I did mention to the bloke who was uh, selling the burritos, I said, this is what you need at a wrestling show, food, yeah. bit of good beer in there. Yeah. Tell, tell them to come to Victoria Warehouse at the weekend, mate, set up shop outside, they'll do business. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, did no, fucking business. Yeah. Oh, no, he did. Honestly, he must have made a fortune because, like, the wrestlers were having it. A lot of people in the crowd were there with the silver foil burritos. It was, uh, mm. yeah, did a roaring trade. No, but it f- thumbs up, thumbs up for future yeah, shows. We're not asking him to cook a roast. I mean, like, <laughs> Jesus, did the burrito. I love a roast. <laughs> <laughs> to brought it over to you, like, that'd be a yeah. odd, odd experience to say the least. It's funny because, like, I, I do feel like with the, like, the shift in things in Brit Res and, you know, Progress is not much watch anymore. Rev Pro is no. 
they're doing a good job with the toys they've got. You know, we, we compliment yeah. them quite a bit on BWE just because of the, you know, the well building they're doing and building this story with, uh, with Ricky Knight Jr. and the like. They're, they're doing a good job. But it's a lot of the same wrestlers, you know, that, like you say, you see it on Future Shock and you, and you see it elsewhere. And it, it is getting to the point where, like, we'll do a weekend show, JP, and we'll be like, you know, preview. If we mention Red World Progress, there's like four or five people in the chat going, hang on, Future Shock, I've got a show this weekend. And it's like, it's not mm. silly to kind of see them on. <laughs> I don't know if that just means progress in Red Pro Fallen or what, but you know, see them on a on a similar level uh, <laughs> at this point in YouTube. Yeah. You get... mm. Sorry, Jeffrey. They've they've got a stable fan base. Mm. Um, yeah. What numbers are they doing, Andy? Well, I said about um, it was about two fifty three hundred that, mm. that got into the guild, wow. all, which is, which is pa- packing it out. But one th- one thing that's always been good about Future Shock and Benno and all this is that they always bring their own guys through. Yeah, and yeah. It, it is a constant, like um, you know, line of people coming through. Yeah, you know, like Benson Richards and uh, Pete. No, I did one future shock show. I was, in, I was in a battle royal and I stayed in too long and had to get thrown out before I, I, I mistakenly found myself in the final four. It was a, it was oh, a fun time. Rebel. It was in the Guild Hall as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> highlight of uh, my mini non wrestling career. Um, but yeah, like I love that venue. And I was going to say, like you know, you mentioned Damon Lee there, obviously winning the the Future Shock title mm-hmm. after seventeen odd years. Like you know, that is someone who's he's been around, you know, and he's mm-hmm. always kind of been a a veteran on the scene. He's in better shape these last you know five or six years than he ever was in his quote unquote prime. And he is someone that like he's just. You know, whether he's a heel, whether he's a face, he's a very, he's kind of an entertaining character, isn't he? Kind yeah. of like highlights those future shock shows. If it even back to, and when he was doing like the, the bin wall stuff with uh, with James Drake James and all of the, yeah, the chicken stuff and all of that stuff. Like he is, you know, someone who's just been around and, you know, obviously had a hand mm. in training me, which probably is not the uh, the highest compliment you can pay someone in the world, but it, it's nice to see at a personal level, you know, someone who's... It's his big moment, mate. One well, of uh, wrestling's good guys get his uh, get his due after 17 odd years, which is, you know, something yeah. that can happen. Well, he's, 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 he's one of them people like him, Joey Hayes, Danny Hope, and even Egan. Mm. Them people are, are worth, worth the waiting goal for yep. a promotion like Future Shot brings through like the the young talent. I mean, we'll see this weekend, the Young Guns versus Aussie Open. I was saying to Ethan Allen on Saturday, I said, I can't wait for you in that, in that match. I'm just like, I, I was seeing them doing this Future Shock show and doing Rev Pro and they're like, and just thinking, don't get injured, lads. This match is so fucking big. Like, I'm oh, so, yeah. ac- Luke, Luke, so Luke excited Jacobs, for it. Yeah, Luke Jacobs got, did get injured on the Saturday. Um, we saw him at the bar at, um, when we come in for the second show mm. and he'd had a fight with the ring post. He had a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a cut on his head. Oh, no. But he managed to work um, managed to work yesterday, but... As long as we get them in Manchester in one place, that's the real... I mean, Osprey trying to carry an ageing, you know, slow-motion Doug Williams is one thing I'm looking forward to, you know. Mm. Ricky Knight Jr. and uh, and Shooter Rumino is, you know, is kind of the main event. They've done a good job of of building that, even if uh, show does not look brilliant on those those shows. Ricky has, though, so at least they've got that. But from an in-ring point of view, like, that's the match I'm looking forward to seeing. And, yeah, it'll be my first Mm. Brit Red show since since the pandemic. So, yeah, if we can get a a near five-star match i'll be a happy customer fingers crossed mate <laughs> it, it says a lot about where we are really i mean that that match in and of itself is, there aren't many is of them like, there yeah. really isn't mm-hmm. and this is the one that's got the kind of and the fact that aussie open like are very much in like the it feels like they're killing time that they end up in new japan mm-hmm. really which says a lot about 
like if this is the big feud that comes along, like the amount this could really do for the young guns as well. And with a very differing wrestling landscape and not the kind of predictable doom and gloom about people just getting signed away to the, to the warehouse, mm. um, hearing trampolines going off next door all day, you know, it's, it, 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 this means like a, 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 you know, a hell of a lot. And it, and it hopefully could open up doors to, a te- potentially a tour of Japan at some point. I'm not saying with like new Japan or anything else, but just that kind of experience that they've really needed. Mm. Um, also, I would take say, right a, a re- yeah, a wrestler I'm looking forward to, to seeing who's on there in the uh, cruiserweight matches, Robbie X, mm. big fan of Robbie X looking forward to that. And if they're on there and I know we've not always been their biggest fans, TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo. You say we. They are doing well. You were were the world's biggest Chuck Mambo hater. Although I will say, Andy, me and JP walked into the toilet in your hall once. And despite coming on this podcast and calling of all kinds, Chuck Mambo walks past and JP's like, you all right, Chuck, mate? How's it going? You all right? Chuck Mambo, lovely fella. Didn't buy him a fight, though, did uh, we, JP? The awful Dodger thing doesn't need to come into it as well. <laughs> does it, Benno? Come on. <laughs> they are um, a good team, though. I agree with you, but you were wrong. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm hope. yeah, and I'm <laughs> happily wrong. And I'd be happy. I'd love to be wrong about everyone that mm. I've been critical about over the years. But they're good. And I think that's one of the, the kind of things I'm hoping on the undercard. They put, they'll put a couple of tag matches on there for that tag tournament. They've got some good tag teams there. So, like, there's ways of filling out that card. Word to the wise, aim for three hours. Three hours is more than enough. You've delivered to your end of the bargain. Don't do any of this three and a half hours, he says, as Benno's looking at a clock, as we're approaching three hours. As again, though, as I said earlier, do as I say, don't do as I do. Eh? That's not nothing. Andy's done five, you know. I've <laughs> done six. You've done 12. Saying that, I am actually, yes. I love it. You're the record older, mate. I took a couple of breaks, you know. Martin did 12. But, yeah, let's let's hope we get a good return to to Brit Res for all of us at the weekend. And, yeah, hopefully see some listeners there or thereabouts as well. But, yeah, is there anything else you want to reference, JP? Anything else you've seen? Want to... Going to? Mm, uh, I started watching an RF, video, uh, RF sh- Eddie Guerrero shoot interview I was mm. telling Andy about before we, we started recording. Oh. That's good, but that's not exactly fresh news. <laughs> any scoops? Sorry. Um, any scoops at the moment? I don't think there's any. Like, I meant on this shoot. Oh, on this shoot. No, he seemed like a perfectly nice man, quite quiet. Oh, that's always the way shoot. You don't want that. You want a bit of drama. Yeah. Nah, it's not like the Bam Bam Bigelow one mm. or the Rob Van Dam one where they're just fucking teeing off. Mm. Nah, nah, he's in, he's in good form, mate. Well, well, I can confirm I've had no more sub-tweets from uh, any NXT UK contracted talent, so, you know, it's a good night. Um, hey. I know. Say hi and apologies to your mate Ashton, by the way, uh, Andy. But we'll, anyway, we'll do. <laughs> send our regards. <laughs> <laughs> Always thought he was Premier League level, mate. Always did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but on that note, uh, Andy, anything you'd like to uh, to plug before uh, before we go? Yeah, so um, follow us um, at Graps and Claps on Twitter, at Augie Part 3 on Twitter, and go and listen to Graps and Claps audio. There's 201 episodes out there now, so uh, 
go and download download it from um, all your good podcast sites. Uh, we, we're doing um, the Red Pro Show uh, this weekend. And um, to nick um, a line from Gareth, download the Grapple app. Mm. There you go. <laughs> good lads. Yes. Oh, I'd be Don't even need that. to say it now, JP. Andy got it in. Nope. I'd just say patreon.com forward slash grapple. Yeah. TNA Victory JP. Road review. Call. Oh, sorry. Yep. At JPGP on Twitter, I, of course. Yeah, JPGP, three E's. There you go. Ah, Benson Richard, if you want to see me cause some trouble. Um, but yes, uh, patreon.com slash grapple. We have our Victory Road uh, review coming up with uh, with our mate Eddie, uh, the TNA historian. So uh, looking forward to very much to, to that with uh, the man Eddie Sideburns. Yeah. Um, there will be a weekend show of some form. We don't know whether we're going to do it on the road or at some point before the weekend. Uh, there's too much going on this weekend, JP, for us to, to not preview it properly. So there'll be something yeah. like that. Maybe a bit of on-the-road recording coming as well. Um, you might see some uh, special uh, bonus material. But, yeah, for uh, everyone we may see this weekend, as uh, Matthew has said there in the chat, we will we will see you on Saturday. Everyone else, we'll see you again next Monday for more Spotlight. Cheers, everyone. Bye. 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 See you. See you. <laughs>